Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Britainology. Uh, trash future with like only the unhealthy bits included. None of the vegetables, none of Riley reading to you from a Google Doc or making you understand Guy Debord. None of that. Just pure unadulterated. Uh, the two rambliest people on the podcast uh, talking absolute shit. Um, I'm Milo Edwards. I'm joined as ever by my co-host Nate Bethay. Hello. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Hello. I can't read your body language. I'm recording remotely, yeah. so I'm just going to just going to keep it That's all you're getting. This is the five dollar. You want you want Nate to say something more than that? <laughs> Subscribe for the ten dollar Britainology. Yeah. Uh, do not well, yell like at said, us. I was I previously recorded Milo's other show, Masters of Our Domain, earlier today, and I'm like, oh, I'll just say something, and they'll immediately jump in and fill in. I'm like, no, wait a minute. This is a much more sedate show. I'm supposed to fill the gaps myself. That's right. That's what you got to do as a podcaster. Um, yeah, there's like weird like podcasting skills that you hone that actually don't really help you on Trash Future because it's so madcap that you actually <laughs> you have to do the opposite of good podcasting, which is like constantly fighting for airtime. Whereas on regular podcasts, it's mostly just filling the time that you've got. Um, anyway, this week, <laughs> in order to fill the time that we've got, uh, which is infinite in a way, um, we are going to be talking about the great British Big Night Out. Having it fucking large. And we are joined by the absolute tier one representative of that spirit, uh, Tom Asher. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me and giving me free beers as well. That's it's, an absolute, it's the least we could do, really. <laughs> it is the least you could do, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and that's what we've done. <laughs> that's what we do on this podcast is the absolute least. The absolute least. fucking least. <laughs> exactly. We've got, we've got Tom in the studio. We've got, we've got some beers out. Um, it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a Friday night as well. I think we have to put that in there. So it's, yeah. it's Friday cheers has already been done from the studio yeah. live and direct. Yeah. Live um, and direct. That's we're just right. going to get really pissed as best yeah. as we can. This is a um, this is a sort of hauntology Britonology because we are we are with beers recording an episode about a big night out on a Friday night doing a podcast with three dudes so <laughs> this is, and we couldn't even really go out even if we wanted to right well, now that's the I, mean, thing. Get, I think it's actually quite um quite there's something quite like poignant about the fact that we're just three guys having to talk about going out because we're now all <laughs> confined irrevocably it seems like to not going out and just drinking beers indoors without yeah. any uh, david getter playing in the background <laughs> <laughs> I can sort of imagine it being like sort of like three middle-aged guys who aren't allowed by their wives yeah, to go out, but they it. are allowed to record a, a podcast in one of their basements yeah. every Friday night. And like the mics aren't even plugged in. Like the wives tell them that the mics are plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. just recording the podcast with his friends. Don't worry mm. about him. Uh, it's harmless. Leave him alone, you know. Yeah. Those, get, get, get some out of our hair for an hour. Those mic cables are funneled straight into an incinerator just in case. <laughs> Uh, yeah. none of that will ever see the light of day. Um, yeah. I, uh, I remember, so to talking about the big night out, I just mm-hmm. do, do table setting on my own. I can say the first time I came to the United Kingdom as an adult, I, I visited here as a small kid. My mom's from here, but she left when she was a kid and never really planned to live here again. So, uh, I came here in 2017 and, um, I uh, picked a, a a name of a place I recognized sort of that was on the uh, tube line that would get me to the office of the company I was working for because I was here for two weeks to work. Um, so I stayed in Brixton and um, uh, the first grocery store I went into was Iceland. The liquor, the liquor section had bottles of cider for like two pounds for three liters of cider. Hell and then yeah. that first Saturday night, I lightning? saw people 
on a it was it wasn't white lightning it was something else but something uh ace or something yeah yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, white yeah, star yeah but, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. but I, I got off the tube one night after seeing some friends um in uh at, you know at brixton station and walked down electric avenue to get to where we were staying and just saw saw people just just fucked out of their minds at like one in the morning sitting basically sitting on the pavement drinking or passing a three liter bottle of uh of cider and i was just sort of like People take drinking and general weekend fun way more seriously and intensely here. And so... Because uh, you're unlikely to get murdered while you're doing it. Yeah. It's true. Also, like, they just don't have the same... In the US, you have the laws, you know, against public drinking. There's a few exceptions here and there. But by and large, if you try to drink on the street, you'll get a ticket from the cops at best. Um, you know, that's... the And so whereas here, like... Yeah, it, it all it's almost like anything goes unless they they, they magna slap carta those... enshrines your right to be a fucking legend <laughs> and like dance on top of a bus shelter the, the no drinking signs that are slapped down you know by local authorities because too many people are getting pissed on a particular street corner and people you know like andy no visits the uk and thinks it's you know muslim no-go zones because they say you can't drink alcohol he's like no 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 what they mean is you can't drink alcohol on this corner you yeah. can literally just walk down the street with a fucking beer anywhere else and no one cares <laughs> There's a reason they have the sign. <laughs> like there was an incident. Yeah, there was some kind of tragic incident involving some guy drinking white lining. Basically, I mean that's pretty yeah, much I, that's what happens all around London. Basically, tragic incidents with guys involving white lining. Yeah, I feel like at night time it's like in nighttime London people people die because it's like a guy from Basildon who's on a huge night out who's had like eight pints of Stella and is like trying to do a cartwheel in the road and it's yeah. run over and in the daytime it's like someone who's like on their way to like a vegan cafe in Hackneywick who's like rollerblading down the middle of New Road in Whitechapel <laughs> well, and just gets scooters, run over those electric scooters just, I've actually oh, yeah. it's weirdly I was actually uh, you're talking about that drinking I'm actually I got a uh, commission by Vittles you know Jonathan Nunn mm-hmm. oh right uh, yeah, yeah he's like taking over the food um the food discussion he's just taken over food he's just taken over food yeah he is now food in my head he's like um, food and cj demui he's yeah. got those two <laughs> subjects cornered and um michael flatley i think was it uh but and jamie oh. oliver's twizzlers but yeah either way he he commissioned me um <laughs> it's just, it's a venn diagram <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on yeah but yeah he commissioned me to write actually about uh british attitudes towards drinking and i've actually mm. been speaking to um some actual experts on british people uh oh god british drinking and well, weirdly, you're on the right podcast i think i think the weird thing is you mentioned about attitudes towards drinking and stuff and i was chatting to this guy who's like some kind of, I guess, historian on alcohol or British uh, attitudes towards alcohol or definitely some mm. kind of British historian uh, in terms of alcohol. Um, and he was recommended to me by like a, a prominent like journalist who st- strictly covers drink, basically. Yeah. So, and he was telling me, and it, the, the weird thing he told me, which kind of stuck in my head, is that basically Britain doesn't have, Britain's third room is is the pub. But with every other culture, really, like, across the world, the third room, i.e. not the kitchen, not the bedroom, is a restaurant or, you know, something else. And I feel like that's probably, that does really seem to drive a lot of our drinking culture. Mm. Um, so I didn't mean to get like, go in too fit with like an intellectual discussion about drinking. No, it's, straight it's away. good. I mean, it's good to, to bear that. Like, I mean, to get that in perspective, because when you said that, I was thinking, what would the third room in America be? And yeah. I couldn't tell you. I mean, what, like, we, what is that? The, the racism was, chamber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gun range. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the thing, right? Is that, I mean, yeah, for a lot of people, it's kind of an, a more like the idea of having your neighborhood bar or your local or that kind of a thing is a thing that exists in America, mm. but it's a, perhaps like a slightly more old fashioned thing in the sense that, you know, there w- it went through a period of time where like, you know, the idea of 
going to the bar after work was, uh, you know, it, it's not really, it wasn't as widely practiced, I suppose, as yeah. uh, it might have been in, in previous years. Also, America's just a much more Puritan country about alcohol. Mm. Like, that's one thing I've noticed here that, like, it strikes me that anytime I was working with with external clients for podcast producing or anything along those lines, like I would invariably get invited to like Thursday or Friday night drinks or something like that. And that would that that that's not uncommon in like America, it but it's Thursday just afternoon drinks. Like yeah. In Britain, yeah. Thursday lunchtime, yeah. <laughs> the Monday morning, like whenever it would have been it would have been weird if you it, it struck me that it would have been weird if you were an employee of these places to not go to the pub with all of them yeah which, i think drinking culture the, it definitely is a thing where it's like you're either in or you're out and actually i yeah. have some like uh friends who don't drink for whatever reason religious or or just general generally don't drink i think a lot of my mates have kind of smashed it so hard in their 20s or kind of their teens and their 20s because we all started getting on it basically early teens which i guess most yeah. people in, in England yeah. do and then you like get to your basically get to your late twenties, early twenties and thirty starts coming up uh, like a big fucking neon flashing sign in your brain. And then you start to kind of be like, well, what the fuck am I doing? And a, a lot of people's reaction, like I did, I took a year off everything, like no drugs, no drink or anything uh, because my brain was just so fucked. And I was like actively damaging all my relationships just by drinking too much. And I think it's a lot of people's reaction to that is actually just to do that. And I think the Puritan thing you mentioned about America is funny because this historian I was telling you about, I, I was like trying to say, look, there's a, I think it's Hogarth who uh, talks about Gin Alley. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. a popular, that's a pop. Yeah. That's mm. a popular kind of, uh, I guess, motif for British drinking. Cause it's like, mm. it's ingrained in our culture. It's ingrained since back in the day. Look, you can see yeah, the gin, gin Alley, palaces. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. this shit. And it's like, it's, it's become ubiquitous with Before drink. Before gin became like the official yeah. beverage of FBPE and <laughs> yeah, like exactly. the, you know, the referendum. Before it became gin o'clock or all it was that like shit. 12 year olds getting hammered <laughs> yeah. and then becoming prostitutes. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. in I mean, the Hogarth's <laughs> illustration, it was like beer was the fancy, respectable drink and gin. It was like the buildings were crumbling and yeah. like women yeah. were abandoning They're their like babies. Having so their baby, exactly. Their babies. Oh, that was white, a big white chapel where we are right exactly. now. That's like and gin central. So, yeah. so all that shit. Yeah, and he was basically saying the reason why we think that is actually, I think it's it's again, it's a Puritan uh, way of looking at it from from an English point of view. Because I think actually, mm. what happens is that our drinking culture. Yeah, I think there was a new, there was a reg, there was a drink, there was a survey, the Global Drug Survey recently, that mm. said that British people have an attitude towards drink that isn't necessarily more they don't drink more than other cultures but what they do is they drink to excess more than other cultures they black out essentially yeah, they yeah, drink yeah. to black out which I can obviously relate to because pretty much every time I fucking get pissed I black out because I just don't know when to stop and I feel like but why we why we notice it more in Britain is because we have a more Puritan attitude towards it because because I guess it's that whole attitude where you know January I mean it's, it's obviously a universal attitude but in January you know gyms are oversubscribed because we had this kind of flagellation. Like we had this self-flagellation yeah. attitude where I hate that as, time in the gym when you get the non-gym girls yeah. in there. And like, it's like, I can but, deal with the meatheads, but the people exactly. who are just in there like a lost deer. But they all just feel sad because they just feel sad because they're British. And I feel like there's a lot of thing where it's like, you feel sad because you're stuck and in you a sad, you, you feel, should, you should you feel sad because you're British. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's a weird thing where it's like, that's what it is. Essentially what we do is we're punishing ourselves. We're having a good time. And I think like that's ultimately what is the, it, it's not 
the British culture, the British culture isn't inherently more of an alcoholic culture than any other. It's just that we're more of a culture that demands punishment for having a good time. Mm. So all of that is inherent. And, and, and more that, punishment for your neighbour. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the more the more you enjoy yourself, the more you punish yourself. And that's what he was basically saying is that actually our attitude to drinking is not really much more different from any other country. It's just that we like to punish ourselves more for having a good time. And that's why it seems like in our media, you know, like, you know, essentially it's just shaming people for being drunk on the street or as you say, like shaming people for having a, essentially what they're doing is just having a good time with their mates. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All they're going to do is yeah. just go in the fucking back home and eat a kebab and, you know, maybe be sick with themselves or maybe not, you know, what's wrong with that? Being sick on yourself after a kebab, there's nothing more of a, more of an innocent pleasure, guilty pleasure, I'd say. Yeah. It's a better out than yourself. in. It's a fucking exactly. kebab that you bought late exactly. at night. But I, that, that, so it's funny that you mentioned that because I just wanted to say that obviously I've been reading and writing, reading and writing a lot about that topic specifically. And that was kind of what I found surprising was that actually when you deep, dig deep down into it, our culture really isn't that, di that different from other people. Uh, other cultures uh, across the world. It's just that we have a more Puritan attitude towards it, which I find that I think it's America and kind of England weirdly have that kind of same thing. And that's why we're they're both the biggest kind of like purveyors of the war on drugs as well. That's another kind of topic. Yeah. Mm. Although I will say that, that and, and I think this is, this is um, very relevant to the concept of the big night out in general is that my experience here is that I don't necessarily think that Americans take drugs less than British people. I think that if you looked at figures and certainly like the booming they definitely fucking drug take trade, class A's less. Uh, you, yeah, like they, definitely. They, they smoke more weed. You just take other drugs though, and it? Europeans yeah. smoke more weed than Brits as well. But yeah. I would I would just say this though that British people. One of the things that was kind of shocking to me was that talking about taking drugs at all, but particularly class A drugs in America is such a taboo that like, it's not really something you would do yeah. unless you're, you're talking to people that you know really well, or you're like meeting someone in the bar and they're like, Hey, we're going to do Coke in the bathroom or something. Yeah. Like it's not really an openly disgusting thing. Whereas mm. I've made this joke on this show before the listeners might recognize it, but like I've had a chat with one of my 60 year old neighbors, but she was talking about <laughs> raving in the early nineties and taking fucking ecstasy. And I'm like yeah. this, this equivalent conversation would just not happen in America. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, I do think that people are way more open about it here. Yeah. Um, when we first, the concierge in the building we were staying in in Brixton in 2017, literally was like, oh yeah, Brixton's great. I mean, you got great bars, clubs, great drugs here. Like, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't <laughs> offended, but that's just not like, never in a million years would you get that from well, like, a concierge in a building in America. I remember like going to America. I went to LA and Vegas one time and we were, I was like 18, so I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Obviously I didn't have any hair even back then. So I was the one getting all the alcohol from all the shops and shit. But yeah. even back then- <laughs> This man is too bald yeah, to be I was, I was, Yeah, no, literally though. <laughs> they were like, they were like, I was like, hey, I'm British. So I sound like, you know, yeah. established or whatever the fuck that means. And yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bold as well. There's no way you can fucking- You're like the queen to them. Yeah, exactly. I'm bold, like- Bold, uh, uh, <laughs> posh. It's like James Bond, but like the bold version or whatever is coming in and being weird. James Bold. Yeah. James Bold. Statham. But anyway, yeah. So I- Listen, Cupcake, I, remember, like, I, need four, I need four packs of beer. <laughs> no, but I remember buying some like flavored champagne that was like $4 or whatever. And it was like the tastiest thing ever, but it was like 6% flavored- it wasn't like American like, Lamborghini. Yeah, essentially it was that. And it was fucking delicious. And I never, I'll remember that taste to the day I die. <laughs> but it was <laughs> actually was fucking hey, Give us the tasting notes. Well, it was like, there was one that was strawberry. There was one that was blue that tasted, you know, blue, sugary blue. Um, that <laughs> yeah, the flavor. WKD flavor. Yeah, yeah. essentially yeah. sugar, blue. It's Derived like, from the same fruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, when I was there, I, I, I expected uh, perhaps obviously kind of like, that was, I was 18. So I'd literally just come off like, a full kind of like uh, like two, three years of basically caning hard drugs in like the countryside where essentially Classic. like you're just like, 
anything you ask for from any any party I'd go to would be like an illegal party. And anytime you'd ask anyone for drugs, it would be almost like, you know, they would either mm. tell you where they are or they would give you them there on the spot kind of thing. And then when I remember just going to America and being like, hey, have you got any like pingers or got any coke or whatever? They'd be like, what the fuck? And they'd be yeah, like, what yeah. are you saying? Yeah, no, but there's, there were, I mean, we are so many heads. Like, I, to be fair- I can't it was believe on, I met Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the street and like, uh, you know, uh, it was like on the Vegas strip or something. But like, uh, remember yeah. this guy trying to sell me a pinger for $60. I was like, what Jeez. the fuck are you on about, man? But I mean, that's... <laughs> and then we were so angry at him. Me and my mate were like, what the fuck? Who's the fuck the transporter is going to kill me? <laughs> I was like genuinely offended, but he was like, hey, dude, like that's just how it is out here, man. Like, and I was like, okay. Yeah. But that, that, that's the difference for me is that like drugs... When we were, we were getting pingers for like three three pingers for a tenner, you know, when we were at that age. So when someone was saying, you know, sixty dollars for one, I think that is the, the difference really in hard drugs in between the UK and America is that America really... Uh, seems to go for the medical, the medication. Yeah, based I mean, ones. growing up Xanax in Indiana, that was the thing that people it, yeah. people were taking. Like, yeah, go ahead, man. I, I I know that there were people in my high school that like you, you did coke, but like it was really uncommon. Like, obviously, smoking weed was a thing, but no, like I'm drug good. laws in Indiana are so strict that like, you know, my brother was facing a year in prison for getting caught with a gram of weed because it's so strict. Yeah, that's uh, not a lot of weed. It's, it's so little. I mean, it's like pocket lint amount of weed. And, um, but yeah, like you were saying, also Tom, like they, weed, the drug that makes you want to like sit down and eat a pizza. Yeah. Maybe like yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to Pink Floyd. Like it's so funny when they portray weed as a, as like a socially destructive. When I mean, like obviously the reasons why there's, there's was the huge war on weed was like an entirely racist endeavor to uh -huh, like fuck with 100%. Mexicans, Native Americans, and black people at various points in history. Yeah. But Fucking like jazz cigarettes, you know? It but is, like, <laughs> yeah, which is a great name. I'm going to start calling it that. Uh, <laughs> but, but in a positive but, 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 way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's 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 particularly funny with weed because like when people say it about like cocaine or whatever, as much as I love cocaine, I could be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I've got a point. But about weed, it's like, <laughs> yeah. what they, like they're not going to fucking do anything. They're not going to start a fight with you. I think that is the I think the weed is the clear is the clearest is the clearest kind of indication that the war on drugs is is purely ideological and not logical or not factual in any mm. way. Is that is the is the idea about weed and the prison sentences and all that stuff? It's like you're literally half of the country is getting it for medicinal purposes and half the country is getting locked up for like fucking having an eighth on them or whatever or like yeah. having a smoking mm. or like a spliff. And obviously, I think for me, where I live around in Tampart Lane and like Wood Green and stuff. There's just like, it just fucking beefs of weed like 24 seven, like oh, people are just smoking. Yeah. It's just yeah. weed. I, I don't, I don't smoke anymore. I, I gave up when I was like 21, 22 because um, the hard drugs kicked in and the, the paranoia from weed was just too much to handle basically. But mm. I, I do like edibles every now and then and that's That's, that's just calm. a great phrase. It's like, I gave up weed, man. I got more into hard <laughs> drugs. <laughs> I, I don't fuck with that shit no, anymore. I mean, like, it, I mean, obviously you can do coke to a level where it would make you paranoid. But for me, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. recreationally or or, func or functionally, you know, you're, if you do it on the weekend, you're never going to get to that level. But mm. with weed, it's like, I was smoking it pretty much consistently every day from like 16 until 20, 22, 21 and um it fucked my brain up to the point where it's like maybe teenagers shouldn't be doing this when their brain is still developing but yeah i mean like yeah it's weird because as you say it's so functionally it makes you when is everyone like this the, i bet you the deaths from weed must be like negligible the, the obviously the psychological damage might be well, i mean like something. you can't die from it right unless well, yeah. you're so stoned you, you get hit by a car or yeah, something exactly. yeah like so that's the clearly the biggest ideological thing where it's like the I, war on weed just is like, come I on now, it's so pointless. I knew a comedian in Russia who's like a huge stoner who had this amazing bit about spice oh, where yeah. he'd get up on stage and he'd be like, I have been hit by a car twice in my life. <laughs> 
and I've also smoked spice twice in my life. <laughs> These two things are unrelated. You cannot be hit by a car when you are on spice. You cannot leave the house when you are on spice. You can only lie on the ground. The most that could happen is perhaps car could drive over you, but you could not really be hit by car. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, one of the things that used to make me laugh so much about this when I was in the army was that because weed stays in your system so long, it's the hardest drug to get away with. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. unless you're you're on leave for a really long time, you're really taking a risk because they Big do thing random in prison business. too. Like prisoners yeah. go, go off weed and like onto like coke and heroin because oh, they spice. get drug tested. And spice. Yeah. Sp- well, I was going to say is spices. That was the thing that was because, I mean, my soldiers, the drugs they were getting caught for the most were coke and ecstasy. But that's just because they were doing them a lot because it stays, it gets out of your system so quickly that. Been like a week uh, or basically. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I had a soldier who literally pissed hot and because he'd done coke that morning like oh, wow. under normal circumstances if you did it on the weekend you'd probably be out of your system by Monday. System that quick it's mad how quick it is yeah whereas mm. weed like a completely benign drug i mean obviously it's got issues but they do much drug you know, testing it, advice yeah no. i mean <laughs> i remember nate actually fucking <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry i i i grasped that fucking guy up about it but he was oh, trying man. to be more oh, realistic honestly, and, yeah like i i think it is yeah look 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 Obviously, he's just gonna go out in public or whatever. Like, but look, it's on the, the Patreon. Max, I worry too Max much. Daly, yeah, like he, he's like he's like an idol of mine in terms of his reporting and journalism. Like, he's one of the best fucking journalists I know in terms of his reporting on drugs is one of the the tightest, fucking most well researched. Like, his opinions on shit I respect more than anyone. Obviously, you know, like. I still recreationally take quite a lot of drugs and da 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 da, da And like, I still like, I'm very interested in drug culture. And like Max Daly for me is like a fucking, he's like a fucking, like he's like Jesus in terms of reporting on drugs. Um, but his opinions suck. His opinions have got so, his, and I don't understand how, where it's come from. Like he's doing these like centrist dad style things. And it's like, it's weird because he, he, I've never known a writer that I love so much and I respect actually uh, so much his writing uh, on like a personal and like intellectual level, mm. but also disagree with his politics or where his politics seem to be heading. So like, you know, uh, so vehemently basically. And that's, that's how I feel about him. I, I was just going to throw this in there because, you know, talking about um, the difference between the U S and the UK. I mean, like, yeah, everyone I know growing up, like I knew basically no one who ever did Coke and ecstasy same. Like it, it, when I got to college, like I knew some people who could get it if you mm. wanted, but it was rare. Like I imagined if I got, if you go to college, like on the West coast or on the East coast, maybe you would see more of it. But I mean, mostly it was people taking, uh, taking like Vicodin, like their parents Vicodin or like, I mean, I remember getting a root canal and getting like 120 pills or something. I've got so much Vicodin. Like I could have taken it basically two, like two a day for 30 days or something like, or, or how, like two, basically enough in that bottle. And then you had like three refills you were authorized. Is it just a painkiller? Sorry, just a, yeah, 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 but it's, it's an opiate, right? opiate, opiate painkiller, but you oh. can crush it up and snort it. And it's, it's like <sighs> snorting heroin. Okay. Like, and it's and it's a dose too, like it's all measured. So I mean, it's actually they go for Pretty more. Safe. It's more expensive to get pills like get Vicodin or Percocet uh, on the street in America than it is to get heroin because like you know if you're getting an actual pill, then you know how much you're taking. Like yeah. it's a clean supply. It's not yeah, been yeah. Adul- adulterated. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, the opiate thing. Like the, the fact that the opiate uh, epidemic happened in America didn't really come as a surprise to me. I guess like it's grim, but uh, so much of like Midwest drug culture is around drinking way too much, mm. taking smoking way too much weed. And then oftentimes if you're doing anything harder, it's not Coke, it's not MDMA. It's 
uh, taking opiate pills. And so like mm. uh, when you were saying about like having to go off weed because like it was messing with your brain, I was just laughing to myself. I'm like, I don't really have a problem with the paranoia now, but it's also like, yeah, because I smoke like a tiny little bowl and I'm good. Whereas in high school, it's like, man, why am I so fucked up off this weed? It's like, I wonder if it had anything to do with the fact that we did a two bowl rotation with four people in the back of a yeah. car for an hour. Just like, you know, just yeah. like, <laughs> blunts, like blunts on rotation, blunts on rotation and bongs. That's a funny way to mix it up, doing a bong and then blunts and then blunts and then blunts. It was yeah. Like, the illest I've ever been after <laughs> drugs has always always been when i've been on like hard drugs all night and then at the end of the night someone's yeah, been yeah, like someone do you want to hit split. this bong yeah. and then like oh that's always <laughs> that's horrible, like though, yeah no fuck that <laughs> fuck that the worst um, spin outs the worst whiteies the worst everything has always been when someone gives you a spliff at like the worst most inopportune moment you always think oh yeah that'd be nice that'd be really fun. that should be really comforting to yeah. smoke a spliff right now when my stomach is already churning from all the weird shit that i fucking put in it <laughs> i just remember i mean i've never had that experience because like i said my my, my experience with stuff is, is limited besides weed but I do remember um, uh, having a great idea back in like, because once again, unhealthy drinking culture is the same, in, especially where I'm from in the Midwest. I think you can see a similarity in terms of like when people go out, they go out hard. I remember mm. being, uh, you know, going with friends and just, just drinking way, way, way too much, Jack, you know, Jack Daniels and beer. And then someone like, oh yeah, we've got a black and mild and just me trying to smoke a black and mild, like a regular cigarette and just, just coughing my lungs up and then immediately getting sick because like, it's like a cigar. You know, down at so Sizzler or Chili House and just like <laughs> fucking going hog on the buffet after four blunts. Um, <laughs> but, but I guess the thing for me is I'm wondering like, so one of the things that I've seen a lot of on social media here, both from England, from, from the UK and from Ireland, yeah. you'll see these videos are like sesh videos and it's like someone filming themselves and their friends at like 11 in the morning. And they've been going all night and they're just, everyone is like tottering, fucking falling over, completely blackout. <laughs> it's not just, it's not just alcohol, it's ketamine, it's Coke, it's stuff like mm. that. And it struck me that that kind of idea of the sesh is something that doesn't, I just have never experienced it in America. Maybe it exists, I don't know. Like I've had plenty of times <laughs> I've gone out with friends where like we've, you know, we're like when I was younger when it would be like, you know, drink 14 beers over the course of a night and do shots yeah. and maybe smoke weed and get really sick, mm. that kind of a thing. That was common. But I just, it feels like that that idea of being like fucked into multiple days, not because you're hungover, but because you're still taking shit seems way more common here. Yeah. And well, it's definitely more European than it is American. Like I having think, lived in Russia, they do it a lot there too. That like just pushing through to the next day. Well, it's shit. the 48 hour. I mean, literally Bergheim has mm. it where the club is open for 48 hours. So you can stay in there for 48 hours. But like in terms of the sesh thing, I mean, there's been a massive, uh, there's been a massive push for it recently in terms, not push for it, but there's been a massive like explosion in all these kind of like piss takey sesh uh, like kind of like meme pages like Ketflix and pills and da 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 yeah, all do yeah. these kind of things where it's like tag your mate who likes to do a line of coke or like doing funny it's all memes like very about- cynical like social media manager shit yeah. like so they want to sell fucking t-shirts exactly. or heat lamps or exactly. whatever I mean yeah. the Ketflix and pills are already selling like uh, uh, K-spoons or like drug spoon necklaces so I mean they're already in on that vibe but like the sesh for me, for me is like it's weird because it was it was I never really like the weird thing is, is that essentially every fucking crew thinks they're the most unique crew in London and there's, or in fucking wherever they are. Like I've had crew in Suffolk that we all got on it together, like going to these illegal raves in the forest and shit. Exactly. (laughs) Straddy boys, big up the Straddy boys and the the Laxville boys as well. It's all just boys. Literally everyone in Suffolk was just the village name and boys. It's like Stradford, Straddy boys, Laxville boys. Big up the Ipswich boys. I've seen, 
I've seen some I've seen ads at bus stops for like Sash Cruz being like, hey, we're having a cooking contest and it's everything about the, the flyers like Coke jokes and stuff yeah. like that. And that just as an American, you can imagine that's like, I don't know, that's like yeah. walking to the grocery store and everyone is naked for some oh, reason. Like, th- it's just completely fucking bananas to me. I feel like that shit. What it is, is that it's funny that you're saying that because like. For me, actually, obviously, the, the, you know, the, there's been a huge clampdown in, you know, civil liberties and all this shit. I mean, obviously, just recently mm. with the police crackdown bill, all this shit that like, is happening more and more and more. Obviously, the Tories have been in power for fucking the last like decade and a bit. So it's, it's, it's only getting more authoritarian. But weirdly, the drug culture is so ubiquitous in the UK. But I don't know why it is. I think it's just it's one of them things, as I said, because every single crew is a microcosm in itself where it's like you all think you're the only ones doing this. Like I, I have I have about... Uh, how about I have a crew of about like 30, 40 people I know in London and we all kind of went to the same unis and like went to the same raves. We all went to Fabric when we were younger. All like went to drum and bass nights. Like a lot of this stuff. That's how we all met and we all- You're all in the Gibbo group chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all basically grew up by getting on it and going to raves and shit. And our, we all thought we were the only ones that went for 48 yeah. hours. We all thought we were the only ones that were like doing these after parties where we'd be listening to like fucking- um, drum and bass mixes for like fucking, you know, hours and hours and hours. But really, the whole of fucking the UK is doing that. Like every single fucking man mm. and their dog. and or, or or they're not. Like, I don't know, because that's how it feels to us. Like, when I look around, when I, it's, uh, when I do like drugs jokes on Twitter or whatever, like, I get people DMing me being like, oh my God, I wish I could say that out loud. But it's like, well, I don't, Obviously, I mean, there's Who's people's, stopping you. People's yeah. jobs obviously are in, uh, and like people's jobs are kind of dependent on it, and da 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 da. But the thing is, like in America, like the, that's a real thing. Yeah, like, you can it lose is. Your, but like here, you really can't. really can't. You really like, can't. People think they can because yeah. they hear about it happening in America. But like here, like a, everyone's doing it. That's what and I'm saying. B, like no one gives a fuck. Because, like literally, I've, the most high grade jobs I've had, like with sales and stuff, when I was earning like a decent like fucking salary just from doing sales and getting commissions and shit. Mm. All the fucking managers were on coke. There was this one guy. Yeah, I'll never fucking forget it. my last sales job. He was a sales manager and he used to <laughs> go to the toilet and then come out <laughs> and start, start going and start singing the fucking Lord of the Rings theme tune every fucking time. It's like, bruv, when you go to the fucking toilet and come out singing the Lord of the Rings theme tune, everyone knows you've been doing coke, bruv. That's how, that's how you know. It's a very simple way of I've figuring out. <laughs> it's a very um, simple way of figuring out you've been doing coke. I mean, it's like, if that's what I'm saying, even the people in our positions of power, like have been have doing done coke recreationally. Do you know what I mean? Like Joe Biden hasn't been fucking doing chop. He probably has, but he's not been open about it. Like Michael Gove has, or Boris mm. Johnson, and Boris all Johnson. The, and, so I mean, yeah. it's it's ingrained. Michael weirdly. Gove's got to have an excuse for that nose. I mean, I mean, yeah. When I was, I, I worked, a, I, I worked like a like a white collar job in New York for a while, and yeah, I mean, people weren't open about it at all, and you absolutely could get like get fired if people if you were stupid enough to admit it. But everybody knew it. I mean, like yeah. so many mm. people would. I mean, not just recreational drugs. I mean, people would take stuff like Adderall or Vivance or whatever, like ADHD yeah, yeah, yeah. drugs, uh, you know, having gotten a prescription somehow. But people, obviously, like people did Coke. There's so much drinking. There was a lot of like going out drinking and then doing Coke to kill the hangover the next day and stuff and then coming, coming to work. Like that kind of shit was happening. And I mean, for me, because coming from the army where, I mean, it's just, f- forgive me for being a fucking Boy Scout, but like I never saw that shit because if it's just one of those things where the stakes were so high that if you were into that subculture, like that was a thing that you could never tell anyone you had to be like super vetted. And so it's been weird here because I did see that in New York a little, I mean, you go out like, you know, you go out in Manhattan, you go in like the East village or something on a Saturday night. And like, you'll see couples like people going into the bathroom together and they're not fucking like it's people doing Coke in the bathrooms and shit. But here, I mean, 
I one time was going to go take a piss at fucking Nando's at like 6 p.m. on a Thursday <laughs> night and dudes were doing coke in a fucking stall. And I was just like, it's the a Nando's, Nando's and it's a Thursday. Exactly. <laughs> it's a Thursday. Like, man, what the... That's really cheeky. That yeah. got me. I was like, I was like, man, people really love cocaine in this yeah. country. Right. In a way that and here's an important thing. Those people were not from London, right? Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're doing cocaine in a Nando's toilet at 6 p.m. on yeah, a Thursday, yeah. you are on a big night out yeah, from the home exactly. counties. Well, that's the, that's the the central line. And now there's going to be the Elizabethan line or whatever, the Queen line. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the Crossrail. Crossrail, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. The, that's going to basically the line. I'm calling it that. Oh, now. Whatever the fucking this named after her, whatever. It's yeah. all the fucking. I think the Elizabeth line is the technical. Yeah. <laughs> the Elizabethan line would be great. Like, everyone's in a rough, like, big, big, like, blooming trousers. <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh, think about shit. I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. that's going to only increase and, the amount and, of and heads, S- like doing yeah. coke in Nando's on a 6 p.m. on the fucking yeah. They're going to import them. Because yeah. this this transitions me to something that's in my notes, right? I mean, the notes are pretty loose because Riley's not on this episode, uh, <laughs> and long may it continue. A lot, lot, lot of Riley slander I've noticed already, man. <laughs> Look, we love we love Riley. We like, love Riley. The thing is that what Riley does on Trash Future, no one else could do. But also, sometimes when they let us loose into the real chaos mode, that's when the that's when the good shit happens. You know, just sometimes um, when the cat's away, the mice will have an unstructured Where podcast. Is he? Where is Riley? He's still. Oh, oh, yeah, no, he's just this. Just Hasn't this been format. Deported. No, <laughs> okay, cool. No, thank God. Um, this, uh, this format is just something. It's just that me and Nate do. Riley's been on it a couple of times, but um, this is this is mine and Nate's little little. It was baby. like a lockdown fantasy, right? Milo came up with the idea of what if we did an episode where he explained particularly niche British stuff to me. Oh, okay. I've made people really Nate watch like Carry On films. I've oh, made wow. him watch Only Fools and Horses. We've talked about Dave Courtney. I feel privileged that I'm on here explaining why people or why British people are so weird about getting on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I definitely, I definitely feel like the big night out is a concept that uh, we have an equivalent, sort of, but there's something unique about it. So, I think there really is. Like, so a, a story I think I've told on the podcast before, but I don't think I've told on Britonology before. Is, and I think it really, it really speaks to Nate's thing about people doing coke in the Nando's toilets. <laughs> is I have once in my life, one brackets one time, been to the infamous nightclub in Clapham Infernos. Yeah, same. It's only once. Yeah, it's just, just once. It's usually once for most people. It's like heroin. You yeah. do it once and you're either like, okay, never again. Yeah, you're like, or mm. you're like, it ruins your life. Yeah. Like, those that are was the two. delicious, but you know what? Nah. I'm too sensible for this. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I have like, and I think this is a common experience. I have like one mate who's much laddier than my other mates. He's like the laddiest person I can tolerate. And he lives in Clapham and he loves going to Infernos with like his mates who aren't my mates who I hate. Like, who are all like, oh, yeah, Jaunty, yeah, let's fucking smash it. Like, those guys. And i like, no. One night, we're really hammered. All of our other mates have gone home. And he's like, well, the only place we can go is Inferno's. And I'm like, absolutely not. And in the end, he convinces me that we have to go to Inferno's. We go, I pay fucking 10 quid to get into Inferno's. Yeah, like, it's already, okay. you're already on the back foot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm walking into, this is every nightclub that I went to at Cambridge University. That's what I'm saying. It's but a, it's five quid more to get in. It just feels like an extension of the student uni vibe. But they're just, that's, that's the appeal. Yeah. And then immediately I walked in there. I'm like, oh, okay, I see. There are two, there are two genders in Infernos. Yeah. And they're not male and female. <laughs> the two genders of Infernos are people I hated at Cambridge and people I hated at school in Essex. Those are the two. Like, it's like guys called John T and guys called Baz. Like, and just the fucking worst. So he, my mate, wasted, like, disappears off on one. So I'm like, right, I'm going to have a piss and regroup. Go into the toilets. I'm at the urinal. Guy comes up next to me. He's pissing at the urinal next to me. And he leans over and he's like, 
Oi, mate, I've got to say, it's without a doubt the best night out in the southeast. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to ignore this. I'm not going to engage. And then he leans in again and he's like, the standard of the birds in here is outrageous. And they then are, it is outrageous because they're all <laughs> fucking, I mean, they're all fucking butters to be fair. But I mean, <laughs> I feel bad because it's like, Usher taking a hard stance <laughs> on the women of Infernos. Uh, I, I've got my own fucking experiences. Uh, the last time I went to Infernos, I literally hadn't slept because I'd been in up with my mate uh, at mm. Fabric and I'd literally just been caning it and we just rolled that's, through. That's we, an interesting fucking wine tasting yeah, pairing well, of Fabric yeah, exactly. and Infernos. <laughs> so we rolled through basically. For our American <laughs> listeners, Fabric is like the cool nightclub in London. Well, it's, it's like the, the cool kind one. of... It's like the tourist one that all the people go to. As the, it's, it's, it's like, like our, the it's London like Bergheim. Bergheim. It's yeah, our Bergheim. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's the one you have to go to to tick that off the list or whatever. Yeah. And that was the one I used to go to like a lot when I was in my 20s or whatever. My early 20s a lot. That was kind of... And my teens as well. Teens. My teens as well like uh, that's kind of where I grew up listening to drum and bass da, 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 mm. da. anyway we went to some night there me and my mate and yeah. we just got on it and then we just basically cracked on it his flat his sister's flat and just were getting on it all day drinking Stella's da 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 and then um, it gets to about 6 or 7pm and it's in the summer so it's not dark uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. our mate is in Clapham and he's uh, these birds that he's uh, been chatting up since we went to, on a lad's holiday in Croatia. And there's, <laughs> there's, there's some there's Australian so layers here. <laughs> that reminded me of the time you came into our office one time and you'd been on like a big weekend in Albania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, that was... Like, oh. I'm just so fucked up. I just got back from Albania oh, and man, I'm like, that I'm, is a sentence. And Albania oh. was really bad as well. But I mean, oh, yeah. Anyway. Hanging out with Dua Lipa. It was, it was um, anyway, so we were we just come back from this uh, holiday from Croatia, like lads holiday. Yeah. Uh, and these birds were like these Australian birds who like lived in Clapham that most Australians seem to do for some reason. Yeah. And like they, uh, he was like chatting them up for, for yonks and they, they weren't interested in him at all. Like he, but he was just on it anyway. So then we all went to Clapham. What is this guy, this fucking drongo, mate? He, yeah, He's but out he, of his mind. <laughs> he lived in Kent as well. Let's put that on the record. Oh, so oh, that's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So all the, all right. the pieces are starting to put, uh, come together now. I know you were mates with Hussein Kazvan. <laughs> um. <laughs> so anyway, we went to this fucking night. I hadn't slept still. First yeah, thing yeah, that happens, yeah, we didn't even get to a gaff. We just went straight to the fucking Infernos, Clapham High Street, wherever. The dude who's invited us there, who's trying to pull these Australian birds, just hands us a bottle of that, the cheapest fucking tequila he can. And he's like, <laughs> he's like drink this, lad. It's like, what do you mean fucking drink this? It's like a bottle of tequila. Anyway, <laughs> we, drank, we drank the fucking bottle of tequila, just straight, just doing shots of tequila outside yeah. on Clapham High Street. Then we walked into Infernos. Everyone else, because I'm not really used to like the student nightclubs. When I was in uni, I didn't really go to like Oceana's or all that shit. I did went there like once or twice in Freshies, but then I was kind of doing like Niki dance music shit. So I wasn't really into that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, but so then when I fucking got in there, all these lads were like fucking, you know, them that meme with the fighter pilots when they go whatever. And they like, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they all just like, my mate, my best mate pulled that I was that I was up all night with instantly went for some like 40 year old bird like all the other guys with <laughs> yeah, all these birds they all, they all just went and like stuck to them I was like shit and then suddenly I was just in the middle of a dance floor listening to uh, Kings of Leon Sex on Fire or whatever I was like what the fuck how the fuck am I here on a Saturday night listening to Sex on Fire and then my other mate the soundtrack at which to pull a mill. I mean, it's horrible. And then anyway, we, my other mates just got in a massive fight. They just started fighting each other. We found them later on the night and they just literally beat him up. Like they're just beating each other up, like fully on the dance floor, like exchanging blows. Like it was a Rocky film, like elbows, punches. And they, and then they just left him on the floor. He was like bleeding. Anyway. 
That was my inferno. Okay, that's, that's a bit darker than mine. Is what yeah. happens is I mean, it was just lads doing lads, but obviously everyone gets lads. everyone gets so drunk to the point where it's like, yeah, your most carnal desires seem to kind of like come out, and one of them was yeah. pulling a mouth, and the other one was beating each other up viciously. <laughs> let's, let's put a pin in that for a sec because we will come back to that. Because yeah, I mean, so what happened is the guy leans in and he's like, yeah, the stand of the birds in here is outrageous, and then I'm like, okay, so. I'm I'm gonna say something to this, so I just lean in and I go, "Well, maybe you should make an official complaint." <laughs> He's far too out of it to respond to that in any way. But as I'm saying this, another bloke walks into the toilet and he crosses behind us and he's like going into the cubicle to like take a shit, presumably, or do coke or something. And uh, and the guy goes like, "Oi, mate." got any charlie and as he's doing this turns around to face him but doesn't like forgets that he's still pissing so he's just like pissing into the middle of the floor while asking for cocaine and i think there's never been a more like guy from kent on a big night out in london energy yeah that's to be fair i mean that's pretty much just as bad i mean they're all bad you can't really have a good night in infernos that's the thing as in you can't Unless so, you're so, I mean, like I've I've heard I've heard uh I've heard people talk about uh this place birthdays that's closed down in Dalston that used to be there. Like I get birthdays the impression actually that, sick. Yeah, that I would get the impression that places like that you could avoid all of that bullshit. No by Jehovah's going. Witnesses in there, but otherwise, great club. <laughs> it was decent in there, man. They had really good uh, grime nights and like uh, dance music stuff and live music down in the basement. Yeah, because I mean, like the impression that I've gotten is that some of the, the, the there's there's clubs that don't seem to stick around very long here yeah. that are uh, that are like very well received. And then there's places like Inferno's, yeah. which will probably yeah. or Tiger Stay Tiger, which will never go away yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're just too popular for the big night out from yeah. that's a really London. that's a really good point. That's something else I've got in the notes, which I feel like Tom, you'll have something to say about, which is I feel like I like I mean, the cards on the table. I am not like a hugely cool guy. I'm not like, I'm not one of these guys who like, yeah, I was going what? to raves when I was 12 or whatever. Yeah, there's no need to be that fucking sarcastic what? about it. <laughs> um, like, look, when I was 12, I had a lot of respect for my parents. And it's clear that some of you didn't. So did and I. It shows, yeah. I had a lot of respect for my mum, but I hated my dad. So I used that energy to now dress like a goth as you that's what I'm dressed like tonight. absolutely yeah you dress a bit like I've been I've been getting into Breaking Bad recently you're yeah. dressed a lot like 2009 Jesse Pinkman well, that's, that's the that's the vibe I was going for exactly it's he actually will kind of sell you pingers like so. I just find it goth. funny because you guys will tell stories about like yeah yeah you know I was drinking and doing rave shit like illegal raves and house parties when I was 14 I'm like the first time I got drunk I was sitting in the bed of a truck drinking the shittiest tequila you can possibly imagine that my brother had gotten from a co-worker at like a computer store in fucking this town in indiana we lived in like yeah. none mm. of this shit existed like yeah well, the fact the fact that you guys can't drink till 21 i think makes it makes a real difference because when i went to when i went to la when i was 18 and mm. did all that shit them not couldn't believe the fact that we were like drinking and doing all this wild stuff and we took it for granted we all thought they were like we all thought they were basically like kind of like wet as fuck because we were like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah. You guys aren't drinking? Like you're 18. And like, they were like, blah, blah, blah. but the thing is, is that like, it's just a different culture. I mean, but but yeah. in the UK, you also, you, the cops want to fuck with you and you're drinking underage. Yeah, That's the yeah. reason. Well, we, we, we actually got, we went up to the Hollywood sign or near the Hollywood sign uh, and we were just smoking weed. And one of the dudes who was like coming up there because everyone drives four by fours, even if they were like, you guys start driving four by fours when you're 12. 
We yeah. fucking, we fucking, yeah. we start doing, we're we start drinking. We're drinking by the Basildon sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're drinking and like whiteying on like straight Glenn's vodka at 12 and you guys yeah, are like I driving Land Rovers. I was kind of a teenager, but I was still drinking at 13. Exactly. That was like all there was to do in it suburban is, Britain. Exactly, there is all that is. Like, there is. You go to like parties at your mate's houses and yeah. their parents buy you alcohol. Like it's not yeah. like we were like huge rebels where we're like, oh yeah, like illegally. Yeah. Gay. But it's like, no, people's parents were fucking yeah, buying, buying you, it. Buying yeah. you hooch and all this alcohol pots and shit. But oh, yeah. Hooch for an hooch. The police- TVX. <laughs> yeah. They're like the police came up to us because they neighbor, some neighborhood watch was taking place mm-hmm. in that area and they saw the guy driving his blacked out fucking like Land Rover or whatever the fuck big fuck off uh, uh, truck coming up and they all fu- they fucking pointed a shotgun at us. I was like, what Jesus. the fuck? And we were just smoking a tutor, smoking a bong. We called it a tutor in Suffolk. Just smoking a bong. <laughs> And uh, I can just imagine how, how Americans reacted to that. Oh man, they were like, Have you got the tutor? Have you got the tutor? We're like, Yeah, we were like, hit the tutor. Give me those tutor tots. Have you got the tutor? We'll drop smoking weed. Yeah, I want to hit the tutor. Okay, a lot of people are talking about this thing called the tutor. It's beautiful. Okay, you smoke it, you feel great. A lot of people in the Democratic Party, they'll tell you, they don't want to toot, folks. Folks, they don't want to toot. They won't toot. They're scared. They're scared of the toot, but I, but I, I do it more and more, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, that is a really good impression. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm getting him in before he becomes irrelevant oh, entirely. Man. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yes. And the guy was like pointing a fucking gun at us. And we were like, what the fuck? I'm like 18, man. We're just smoking a tutor. And yeah. um, it was like, it was, it was weird, man. It was weird as fuck. But then obviously the um, girl who was from LA was like, who we were going to see was like, no, 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 da, 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 and was like calming it down and saying mm. whatever. But just the idea that the idea of us just smoking weed was immediately his reaction was like, pull a gun on them. It's like fucking hell, man. Obviously nothing happened. Yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. All he did was just confiscate the fucking bong and like, that's it. But that was like the reaction, the difference. Cause you know, in, in, in England, if they found you, Smoking it's not a bong, mate. It's a tutor. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, that's okay then." <laughs> yeah, but in England, they it's wouldn't some even kind of British heritage item. I don't, I don't they know. They wouldn't even know what this weed smells like. They wouldn't even know what to do if it's you probably were probably used it. for pedophilia or something. Well, I mean, like that—that's th- the thing I point out. Like, yeah, I had a friend who, like, a week after his 18th birthday, was facing a shitload of jail time because they they jumped the fence to a neighborhood pool and were just like drinking and smoking weed. They got arrested. They ran, but they got caught, and he got hit with like furnishing alcohol to minors and like a bunch of counts of possession. And so he was, yeah, 18 years old, like one week facing like a potential felony and five years in prison. Wow. And he managed to get off it by doing a ton of court managed shit. Normal country. He had to be going to fucking Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous by court order for two years as an 18 year old. Wow. Because of that. And like- That's what I'm saying, but that's just normal behavior in the UK. That really is. It's just normal behavior. Like we, and adults are kind of not in- not in any unsignificant way encouraging it. Like you're allowed to have a pint with your meal in a pub at like 13 or something or 14. Yeah, yeah, 16. yeah. yeah, yeah. If an yeah. adult pays for it. Yeah. So as is, as is discussed in, in hit British sitcom, the in-betweeners. So they, they love it. I mean, they, I mean, we love it. We love it. And I think it's a, it's a part of our culture. As I said, it's the third room where it's like, we don't have, we like uh, Italian people or French people would go to a restaurant and they'd be mm. eating 
uh, a meal for like six or like six or seven hours or whatever, yeah. and they'd be drinking all types of shit with that meal, and they'd be having a good time, but they wouldn't really yeah. be getting pissed. Might be wearing some blackface. Like there would be a lot of <laughs> other things going on, not just drinking. Yeah. So, but then they, you know, th- th- that that would be their going out experience. Obviously, they'd go out probably afterwards, but they wouldn't be just literally like, okay, so what we're gonna do is get the cheapest drink we can get from the supermarket, then we'll go to a pub, the cheapest pub we can get to, so we can get even more cheap drinks, and then we're gonna go to a nightclub and try and get all the nightclub deals for cheap drinks there. And it's like, mm. all of our stuff is geared around doing the cheapest and most like efficient way of getting absolutely back out drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's basically it, really. I mean, there's a bit there's a bit in Joel Golby's book where he talks about um, there being a nightclub in Chesterfield where like for one summer they did a thing where you could pay 10 quid to get in and the drinks were free all night <laughs> and that they had to ban it so quickly because like <laughs> they just forgot that they were in Britain. Yeah. And like people were like, this is cheaper than drinking at home. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember in Nottingham there was a bar that had triples for, uh, it was triples for three quid where it was like a pound a shot and triples for three quid. And it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that is just should be illegal. Like you should legally not be allowed to serve alcohol to yeah. me in that capacity. Because well, in Britain, you're not allowed to serve more than a triple. And yeah. I remember there was a nightclub in Durham, infamously, it was supposed to be the worst nightclub in Europe called Clute that sold uh, what they called a quaddy voddy, oh, wow. which was a vodka and Coke with three shots of vodka in it. And then they gave you a vodka shot on the side. Oh, and then you had to pour it in yourself because they weren't allowed to ah. sell you a quad shot. Vodka as well, man. Vodka is the devil, I think. There's, there's a lot of spirits that are the devil, but that literally is the devil. Having lived in Russia, I find it to be like, it tastes horrible. Cards on the table, disgusting. Yeah. But... If you only drink vodka all night, the hangover is quite manageable, even if you get like rinsingly hammered. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not really that kind of guy that I can have this. You like a hangover, famously. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my cards on the table and say, yes, I do love hangovers in the right environment, which is yeah, always yeah. the parenthesis that no one ever really seems to apply. But yeah. It's all about the nuances. It With is. the work of Tom Usher, you've got to <laughs> you've got to be aware of the canon, <laughs> the broader context. Yeah. I, I mean, remember there was this thing where Anthony Bourdain said that his his tried and true hangover cure was a, a, a Coca-Cola with real sugar, some kind of spicy meal and a joint. And I was like, yeah, that probably would cure a hangover, but that makes you feel good no matter what. Like, yeah. it's yeah. not as if that's some fucking magic pill you can take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't mm. know, man. Like, when I hear this stories like I, I feel that there's there is definitely some crossover but mm. i also feel like the because policing and attitudes are so much more authoritarian in the u.s like it can go bad so fast like you were yeah. saying getting a getting a shotgun pointed at you in hollywood yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah like my mm. buddy getting rolled up by the cops or like just always you know house parties getting busted up by the cops and shit like that happens so much i mean i ha- used to happen to me all the time in college going to places like everyone yeah. would just have to run because the cops showed yeah. up and it feels like there's a little more, uh, what's the right word here? Like, like, like you can kind of go overboard here, and it mm. chances are good it's not going to fucking Britain ruin is the rest a low of your stakes life. country. Yeah, definitely. Low like stakes. you're you're very unlikely to get arrested yeah. or shot by the cops or even beaten yeah. up by the cops. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you do get arrested, it's likely to end in nothing. Yeah. Like. You're likely to just get let go and be like, all right, well, don't do that again. Like, well, it's, you know, I've, I've been arrested a couple of times just, and they've all been drunk and disorderly type ones where it's like, first one, I was basically pissed outside some kind of like local, like town thing in Suffolk. And I was just like, the police basically tried to arrest me and I was like 16 and I just started running around the car park outside this like stupid, like mm. festival. And they just started chasing me like four of them. And then eventually they obviously caught me. Just chuck me in a van and put me in a cell. I was fucking 16. I didn't even know what the fuck I was 
doing? I mean, I was just pissed. But it's like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, there is this, I mean, obviously we are heading towards like a worrying authoritarian state, but the police by and large, like when it comes to pissed dudes, because there is so many pissed dudes, they really yeah. are just like, uh, have a lot more relaxed attitude towards it where it's just like, chuck this guy in a cell and he probably won't want to do that again for a while. Like I, I, I've had two experiences where I've been fucked and chucked in a cell and it really did just like, you know what? I really can't be asked for that ever again. Like I tried to stop some police getting into a, a party that my mates were running in Sheffield and they end up fucking chucking me in some, they end up driving me two hours outside Sheffield to Barnsley and putting me in a cell in Barnsley and then just kicking me out. They didn't, they didn't even want to charge me nothing. They didn't even, they wouldn't even talk, chat to me though. They said nothing to me all day, all night, uh, all night, sorry, let me out in the morning. I just got the tram back from Barnsley into Sheffield. It's like they weren't even interested. All they're interested in doing is basically just saying, shut the fuck up for the night. And they put the rest mm. of my mates in in a uh, thing and they charged them because they were actually holding the party. But I think a lot of English policing just, it's kind of like a manly kind of one-upmanship where it's like, all right, you want to be a dickhead? Well, all right, well, I'm going to fucking be the real dickhead here. I'm going to send you to Barnsley and we'll yeah. see who's laughing then. <laughs> Is that what I'm saying? And when I came out of that, I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck this, Yeah, I mean, man. I was in, uh, Milo and I were doing a video shoot for a client in Liverpool mm. and it was a day of a match. And, um... Uh, I saw at like 7.30 p.m. some guys who were completely blackout get in a fight and like they were they, they looked like they were fucking dry humping each other because they were so drunk they couldn't really fight. The fight <laughs> obviously went to the ground. The cops came running. They screamed at them. They like slammed a guy against the wall and then from what I could tell they just let him go. Yeah. Which in the U.S. they'd all go to jail why and they'd all get charged. To, off, why would you need to do anything else though? That's the thing for me. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. for drunken disorderly dudes chuck them in a cell until they sober up or fucking just say look fuck off. That's it. You don't need to say all this other shit or be clamping down. Mm. It's just so wild to me how much more authoritarian the U.S. is in that regard. And, and that's why I think this culture of like being doing this and there's like sort of like an age structured thing where like it's just sort of expected you do it mm. yeah. is way more common here. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's very true. Um, like kind of pulling us pulling us back to something I've got in the notes, which I think is interesting because we were kind of touching on like shitty places to go on a night out. And I think there's a really like noticeable um phenomenon i think of the fact that in london and i think across the country but it's particularly noticeable in london like kind of anywhere that's good to go for a night out and i notice this actually even in moscow as well like anywhere that you really like inevitably disappears quite quickly and gets replaced with somewhere shit but that's like a chain or like a kind of and you sort of see that, like, I think there's a gradual erosion. I mean, there have been many attempts to get rid of fabric over the years. Yeah. And, and like, but the ever in- increasing encroachment of, like, all bar one and, like, ball pit bars or, like, crazy golf with cocktails yeah. or it seems adult, to have adult, become... Adult kind of uh, uh, childification, if that's even a fucking word, where it's, like, mm. making, treating adults like they want to have, like, retro childish experiences. And really, I just want to have a decent club that has a nice system and a one red light over it and just like hug strangers in the smoking area. Do you know I, I just, mean? L- yeah. I just laughing because the one of my favorite, probably my favorite bar ever was this place called Heather's in the East village in Manhattan. That was the probably, I think it was on like 11th street between I think <laughs> Avenue A and Avenue B and it got closed down because the neighbors, even though they were super strict about like, don't make noise outside while you're smoking and stuff like, and people were pretty good about following it. The neighbors complained so much. They wound up getting it closed down. Whereas two blocks over, I think, yeah, on first Avenue, it's literally a Tyler Durden from fight club themed bar that basically looks like a big all bar one called Durden. And it's been oh, open man. the whole time. And oh it was like, God. I would, I would it's rather, I, I, would, I would rather fucking go live in a cave and never talk to humans again than go to that bar. And it's still around, but this really, really chill ass place. Yep. 
gone gone forever yeah. you know well, the thing about that bar is when you go in there you are tyler durden yeah. <laughs> um, they don't tell you that before you go yeah. yeah i remember that happened to me in in moscow where there was a bar that we all really loved that was like one of those like real fucking character places it was called mayak which is like the lighthouse and it was a cafe that used to be the like in the soviet union it was like the workers cafe who worked in the theater which is underneath it and inside it looks like it feels like you know like scenes when like like GIs are in Paris in World War Two, and they go to like a restaurant, and yeah. it's all like wooden tables and like like mm-hmm. that kind of shit. It felt like that inside. There was a piano in there, and if you went there, it was like a restaurant in the day. But if you went there on Friday or Saturday night, they would sort of clear all the tables away, and everyone would just be basically the only drink they really sold was like wine, beer, or vodka. Everyone's on vodka and cherry juice. That was like the house drink, that and sounds- it would be like half like kind of young, sort of like. 20 something like media types like kind of like people who are like journalists artists whatever like those kind of people or like aging hippies everyone's absolutely hammered there's like they're playing like pop from the 90s like russian pop or like old shit like john lennon stuff or whatever sounds banging to be yeah it's sick and then (laughs) very occasionally like something really rogue like almost every time you were there once a night they'd throw in like havana gila or something just like really like rogue (laughs) like that um at some point some like hammered russian guy would start playing the piano and like this place was absolutely wild the toilets you have to climb through a wardrobe to get in there but it like it wasn't some confected Shoreditch like yeah, oh it's yeah, a speakeasy yeah. it was like a real like fucked up place yeah. and they got rid of it whereas like there was this shit bar called like Simachov which was always full of uh, like oligarchs girlfriends and it was all like neon lights in there and they had like gold AK-47s on the wall and like Liechtenstein prints yeah. uh, and it's still open and I just think like yeah fuck it's just it's been like that all over London really I mean I wrote something uh, about how um, London's nightlife basically is. It's not disappearing in the. It's not disappearing in a traditional mm. sense or any kind of sense. It's just basically um, going out into the outer zones, and I think you yeah. can kind of see that by, as you say, like Dalston basically becoming once, uh, once being a, a hotspot for nightlife in terms of the alibi, mm. uh, the nest, um, birthdays, all these places that were like unique, original places to go and have a different experience in each one. And they were all interesting, exciting. Not exciting. I mean, they weren't always fucking exciting. You know, it's still <laughs> Visions, for example. That was an exciting place to go to when you'd always like, I remember one time I was like walking along the road and they shut the, the police shut the whole fucking road off because um, they thought that Justin Bieber was in Visions or just, and it turned out he wasn't. Justin Bieber <laughs> and Drake, they thought Justin Bieber and Drake were in Visions, but it turns out they weren't. Anyway, all them places are all shut Peter down. Andre. It was no, just whoever, yeah. just uh, wasn't even anything. I don't even know why they fucking did that, but all those places are really interesting and now they've all shut, but now now it's all moving out to the areas like in zone three, like uh, the cause, um, fucking manor house, stuff like that. All the manor house where rares have been going on for ages, but like the cause, where's the other one? Uh, five something. I can't remember. Or five guys, not five guys. <laughs> Just uh, burgers now, mostly. <laughs> but there's a lot of places out, basically in the outer skirts. Like I know the f- fold as well. I really hope fold is open. But I think that's basically what's happening with London is that you just can't really have these unique like light life hotspots in central London anymore because the property developer aspect of Tory Britain mm. is too powerful. Like you can't really have that anymore. You don't really people don't want that in their very expensive flat that they've paid lots of money for. Yeah, or the housekeeping guys. Well, that was the street. Yeah, and, and that's what 
that's what it was. That's the same thing in Manhattan too. I mean, the East Village has become like the place where finance and tech guys live and it's gotten super gentrified and it's gotten, you know, a lot of the stuff that made it interesting has gotten pushed out because it was too loud and it's been replaced by, you know, bars that are, or restaurants, clubs, et cetera, that are all owned by, um, mm. by big corporations or by like big, you know, like LLCs, conglomerates, that kind of thing. And it does, it just kind of gets rid of that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, even if the bar itself is the same or the club is the same, like if all of a sudden it's, it's, you know, full of like finance dipshits, it's just, it's a different vibe. Yeah. And yeah. Just, and I what know. I think is really interesting about it is that the stuff that comes in and replaces it sort of apes it. I mean, you see it a lot in like uh, Stratford City where they've essentially like, for again, for American listeners, Stratford is where the London 2012 Olympics happened and Stratford is like a very, or like historically was always a very poor area of London. It's like a very, I mean, originally very like white working class and now quite a black working class area of London. And basically in the in the Olympics period, they kind of just kind of like cleansed it really and put up all this kind of like prefab, like this is a kind of trendy hipster area of London yeah. stuff. Whereas at least in stuff like Shoreditch, that kind of happened gradually or like yeah. overnight they did it in Stratford. And what you'll see is all the bars in Stratford now are kind of like fake versions of the bars in Shoreditch, yeah. which themselves suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that's an interesting jumping off point for like... Uh, you get, I think a lot of people will be familiar with the even Americans will be familiar with the picture of the four British guys on a night out. Oh yeah, um, which we could probably make the episode <laughs> art for this of like the guys who are like really jacked and they're all dressed out of like the top man window. Yeah, and it's um, funny because I remember them guys saying, "Well, there was a whole thing on the uh, some fucking." Were interviewed for like yeah, lad bible or, or some yeah. shit. And they were like, yeah. oh, actually, we're not actually bad guys. But you know what? I think Churchill was actually a good guy. And I do really <laughs> respect the flag. And it's like, come on, come on, man. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, I get it. Obviously, you've had loads of shit on social media. But come on, dude. Like, dude, it's it's okay. It's okay if, like, you just say, you know what? I don't, res- like, I don't, like, I don't want everyone slagging me off. That That's fine. But don't then go I, and I, say... I respect birds. I love slags. I don't say... <laughs> Don't then just go and say some other shit, which is even worse than like the shit, then you're already shit photo, which you're already like getting, you know, punished for. I don't yeah. know that those guys like, it's it's funny because again, like I've lived in a lot of places in, mm. in, in England. Um, even though like, I'm like, I'm like half Scottish. I've always wanted to like live in Scotland and stuff, but like I've lived in a lot of variety of areas. Mostly Never just- Never had the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I've lived in like Leeds, Nottingham, and Norwich and London those are the main cities I've lived in and basically there's those dudes uh, 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 widespread across you know when you go out in Nottingham those dudes they'd be like it'd be like fucking minus three and there'd be guys in v-neck fucking like skin tight shirts and skin tight t-shirts and a v-neck skin tight t-shirt mm. where like they'd be it'd be like your skin this, how are you that how are you not getting that cold and they'd be like skin tight jeans and anabolic kind of steroids baby but yeah, yeah. But it's like obviously you just get pissed enough to just kind of ignore it but I think that kind of that kind of look obviously the reason mm. why it became so like the reason why it was so funny the reason why I guess it got shared so widely is because really people see that in their town centers every single fucking night every single not night every single weekend every single Friday there are those dudes I know in Norwich would yeah, there'd be yeah, a place yeah. called Liquid on the main high street like guy who's an estate agent but has a full sleeve of tattoos it's just so funny but that's what i'm saying is in these guys are like that's that is essentially now i mean that's essentially now just the uk where it's like incredibly hench dudes <laughs> work in recruitment <laughs> who work in recruitment sales <laughs> yeah. who just go to like basically like i mean i mean i, I feel like 
I've 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 gone to all these basic clubs as well, and I've, the only reason why I know about it is because I can fucking I see yeah, these dudes yeah. at the basic clubs. Well, this is funny. One of our one of our friends, um, uh, Isaac from Bristol, transformed. His friend has helped us out with a bunch of shit. We we've uh, played that show or played oh, Bristol yeah. Transform twice. Good dude. Mm. He, cool. he said that when that when that meme came out, when people were sharing that, he was like, "Yeah, I didn't really react or see what was funny about it." He's like, "Because I'm from Cardiff, and that's just what every dude in Cardiff looks like." Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm from Essex. That's what every guy from Essex looks <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't. I think I think that's the funny thing is that for people that live in London and like I've had a lot of like Lon- um, a lot of like kind of people that have come to London and have talked about how like oh I never want to move out of London or like da 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 and all this stuff about London nightlife and this stuff and it's like um, I just don't think they have much experience of other areas of, of the UK or England or whatever in terms yeah, of the yeah, nightlife yeah. because that is literally what it's like all the time but then also that's what it's like in London I mean you get that all yeah. over London it's just that people don't see it because they're not going to it because they're going to some trendy fucking bar in Shoreditch or they're going to some trendy bar in Clapham or Peckham or whatever the fuck it is but it's mm-hmm. like that shit is widespread in the UK it is the UK that's literally what it is like, you can't escape it one the next morning like oi mate I think I lost my Audi A3 key in here and then they bring out like a huge fucking tub full of like 400 Audi A3 keys like which one is yours <laughs> the thing is though as well is that like I, I I mean a lot of this is kind of like snobbery I mean I, I, and it's snobbery across the board as in you're being snobbery to, you're being snobbish towards someone else they're being snobbish towards you mm. are they they're, are they yeah, it's called Res- Britain, mate. Don't like it. There's a door. Yeah, literally though. But it's like I've done the lads' nights out. I've done. I've been the on yeah. the lad on the. I've been the like you know the boorish, annoying cunt who's just been fucking you know who's who's been. I've been the guy in the tight clothes, probably like who's been in a, a polo shirt that's too tight. I've definitely gone out with polo shirts that are too tight. I've done all types of shit like that. And I think I've seen hot wash, mate. Don't like it. There's a door. (laughs) I've seen it from both sides. And I can, the thing is obviously, you know, Mm. when you're, when you're a lad on a lad's night out, it feels like you're the, you know, everything seems like the funniest fucking thing ever. And it seems like, you know, you guys have the best banter and like all you getting outrageously pissed and falling over and causing a fucking scene. Mm. I mean, the kind of shit that we were uh, doing in Croatia was just like, just like basically, like fucking smashing shit up for no reason. I mean, that's just basically what stupid lads do. I mean, it's like, I've been a dickhead and an asshole as well as also being a snobbish kind of like dance music guy. And it's like, it's, it, I think either, I think UK is kind of built on those kind of, um, Mm. on those demarcations really where it's like in terms of nightlife, especially, but the only problem is, I think is that all of that nightlife is slowly becoming homogenized. Like even Mm. dance music now is becoming it's becoming pop. It's becoming like uh, it's becoming like widespread. Like you shit like print works, and we we talked about it on the the podcast. Yeah, the tight polo shirt guys are like into house music now. But they're into yeah. all that shit. Like it, that now it's become all nightlife is just becoming one thing, and that's another thing about the drug culture you were mentioning before, where drug culture now is widespread across because it's so widespread across the whole of UK. Mm. You don't yeah, like really... ten years ago those guys weren't doing coke, but they're exactly. absolutely doing coke they, now. They, I mean, they maybe they might have been doing coke. I mean, I know a lot of like lads that are just do coke in the pub or whatever, and they just they're calm with that. But now these lads are like going to clubs and doing pingers. I mean, it's one of these things where like, um, I think nightlife is so, it's so kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing where nightlife now is so, it's not like, I can't really explain it. Basically, it's just, everyone has access to this exact same things and there's not really much mm. of a stratification of it. Otherwise, other than you either go to China Whites and you can't get guests because you're not famous yeah. or you're just in the rest of the pit with everyone else. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like, I think it's in America, maybe it might have a different stratification where like 
there are like a very different, you can go to a more expensive place or a less expensive place. But in the UK, it's like either you go to a rave or you go to a bar, you go to the pub, but everyone's in that Go to same. Annabelle's and hang out with Jeremy Clarkson. Well, yeah. I mean, surely the only kind of thing I can think of that's like a really like a bougie place that you can't access everyone is like Shoreditch House or something like that. But yeah, apart from yeah. that, everyone else can pretty much do the same thing. And that's Unless why there's, there's such a huge crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've never fucking gone to Shoreditch House. That's the thing that pissed me off. When the fuck am I going to get to Shoreditch House? No one's invited me to go and do some cool bougie shit in Shoreditch House. I've never even been in there. It is like, it's, it's mediocre. I, like, I know it's probably shit, but I want to go there. And It's very, it's very easy to go there. I feel I wanna, like you could, if you put your why? mind to it, Tom, you I know, could. But I, I, no one's offered me. No one's said, I, hey. I've been there twice and like, Fuck I'm not sake, cool. <laughs> no one's bringing me in. I mean, I've never, I've never yeah. been to, to the only times I've ever gone to cool clubs was when I was visiting my brother when he was studying abroad in Japan. Like I've never been to, mm. I can't imagine I'll ever get into Berghain even if I tried. And similarly with clubs here. So, I mean, I feel you on that. But one thing that I was thinking to too, is that like there's so an extent to which- a bad guy like this guy's cool he's kind of like a bear yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I do speak german but it's one of those things where um has a vibe there's a there's a lot of uh what's it called like i think because so much of the like the things that what you were describing the, earlier the crews of people who think they're the only ones doing this and they're the only ones they're having the best night in, in the history of humankind so much of that now is getting it gets shared that it does feel as though mm. it's kind of like homogenized a bit because you can share it on instagram you can share it on twitter on facebook that kind of stuff you know people are like you know there's an expectation now of like what a night out is going to entail yeah, and also I think it's like I'm like beer beer number three. Maybe I'm becoming Riley here, but like this kind of it almost I think picks up a little bit on something we've talked about on Trash Future a bit, which is like this kind of um, I don't know, like compartmentalization of experiences where like we talked about it a lot on the episode where we talked about the GameStop thing and like Robin Hood traders and stuff, where like there's kind of like a like in whatever it is, there's always someone whose job it is to be the stupid money. And like, I feel like that exists in nightlife too, where you get the guys who are coming in for their big night out into London and they think they're having a big London night out, but they're actually going to all the places that are deliberate play pens for people who aren't from London. Like it's like all the all bar ones and whatever, like Tiger Tiger on Piccadilly. They're like, well, it's on Piccadilly, the most in London place you can yeah. be. But they're all they're doing there is meeting other people from the home counties yeah. in the same place. Um, and you get into this like very... Like it's just fascinating. Like, and I feel like you you can be on a night out in London, and you can just spot these like swathes of people moving like fucking shoals of fish who are just like not from London, but they're so convinced they're on this London night out that's conveniently missing all of the places where Londoners go. Well, like I think like Shoreditch has definitely become that hotspot now. Box for, Park, well, like, Box Park, and then there's a uh, cargo and all these ones that like our accountants based in the Midlands for Trash Future. And the other day he texted me and he was like, something their firm had come up about Box. Park and he was like asking me about it. He was like, "That's the place where all the cunts go, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry." <laughs> it, it, it isn't. It isn't. No, like, there's a big. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, for me, like, I haven't really. I. I. It's one of them ones where you always end up finding yourself there. You never go there for the purpose of going there, but you always end up finding. You do yourself, find like, yourself. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, a, spir- a, it's a spiritual. Experience. It's a spiritual experience. <laughs> but it's one of them weird things where it's like um, Shoreditch is a weird one now where. It used to be, you know, a place where you'd go to be a cool guy. And now it's a, go, a place you'd go to be like, to be, it's, it's, it's now essentially become almost like the, the China White, the West End, essentially. It's now become a new West End. It's the guys from the photo. Yeah. 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 It, it is that though. And it is that. And it's it's weird when you kind of go in there on a Friday night or a Saturday night, you you find yourself there randomly. And it's, it it's like, I, I, I used to really love it in Shoreditch. I mean, I think it's one of them ones where, 
it has so many good bars, even though a lot mm. of them are like, you know, wanky and overpriced or whatever. They're still good. They're still nice to drink in or whatever. And you yeah. can like go there and then lose yourself and then end up finding, oh, fuck. And now you're too pissed to say no to this, that and the third. And it's like, I think it's, uh, that's the kind of, that's the thing about London that should be kind of like more encouraged, I think in terms of their nightlife where it's like, it should really just encourage the random ones because the random ones obviously are good. Like the yeah, the yeah, best yeah. ones are the ones. Spontaneous. Yeah, spontaneous where it's like, yeah, maybe I will get some gear in after doing three pints and then go to a really shit club. The podcast then- is yet young. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think, I, it's a, I don't even know what my point is. I just think with Sean, it's just like, it's got, it's still got the potential to be a good place to go out in. And I think a lot of these kind of hotspots in the UK still have that, uh, or a lot of the high street kind of boring kind of places you th- associate with like kind of lads or whatever still have the mm. potential to be really good for nightlife. Yeah. Um, it just, Yates is wine lodge. Why not? I, I remember in Norwich, Norwich had a really weird nightlife where there was like basically the big hench liquidy type ones on the main high street. Mm. There was a lot of bars that stayed open for really, really late, like five or 6am. You've got a big art school in Norwich, right? So yeah. it's presumably kind of like an edgy scene. Exactly. There. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of these places were just actually quite good at just basically attracting everyone. And it's like, mm. I think that's, that's what really kind of makes a nightlife good is where, when you can attract everyone, but the vibe is good enough that you don't need to have one specific type of person in there. Like, I don't know, like um, when you're only attracting hench dudes in skin tight shirts, then it's a bad vibe. But when you're attracting those dudes and then art students and then like whoever else, do you know what I mean? Then it's like, there becomes a good vibe. And I mm. feel like that's the thing that a lot of potential that, that nightlife UK nightlife has really mm. kind of bubbling away. But it's whether it can actually do that or not, basically. See, and for and for yeah. me, because I've never had the full on experience, because the only times we've had real nights out have been with the show, like post live show and stuff like that. To me, the platonic ideal of of the, the the real night out in the UK is the video for the Prodigy song "Smack My Bitch Up," yeah. where you take yeah. coke first, and then you start drinking, and then you go get some food, and then you go to a club, and you get in a fight there, you get in another fight, and another fight, <laughs> pull a girl, but you forgot your keys, so you smash the window of your own car, you drive home, and then you discover you are a woman. Well, the closest is the other day I made I made Nate watch the video for uh, the, the streets. You're fit, but you know it. Oh yeah, um, and nice uh, yeah, absolutely. Just a whole bit about getting a kebab. The bit getting the, in getting in fights while trying to buy chips. Yeah, yeah. the line the line where it says I stopped sharking for a minute to get chips and drinks. Yeah. I think is the most like it would take American scientists years to understand a line like that. I've, I've the amount of fights. I mean, I've I've gotten a lot of fights after, but the I think weirdly Camden, even though it's obviously full of goths and all that shit traditionally, mm. Camden's now become another hotspot like Shoreditch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like I've um, all the fights I've got in after a, outside a club have either been in Norwich or Camden and. Some of the ones is this. I think it's Camden Stables or Camden. It's Camden Lock. I know it's Camden Lock is the main place where all the bars are. But there was one. Mm. I think it was called like the Proud Rooms or Oh Proud. Yeah, yeah Proud is like fucking cunt central. Oh, yeah, man. And there was some dude outside a club out there, and he was like, <laughs> he was basically squared up to me. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, look, I'm not gonna hit you because you look like a fucking pussy. So you're gonna have to hit me. And then the fight just consisted of him hitting me in the like punching me, and me just be like what and then just literally doing that because I was so pissed <laughs> such a Chad move just it's being like so I'm not even going to hit you back it because was so that was dumb. so uninteresting I was just like come on fucking hit me come on fucking hit me he just hit me like repeatedly uh, in the face and then eventually he's like oh shit I just he was eventually just like you know what mate like this is just like I don't like this anymore and all I did was just <laughs> 
I mean, that was like you did like smoking aversion therapy on him, uh, but for fights, you're like, no, so, now you have to hit me 25 was, times. Some dude in a Ben Sherman just fucking like repeatedly hitting me oh, in the, the face. Ben Sherman, that's always it's just a bad horrible, time. though. But it's just like that is basically how I view like places like Hamden or Shoreditch now, where it's like yeah. those kind of dudes who. You know, and I guess the fight started out of some meaningless shit, but it's all, mm. it's all of that. All of it is just meaningless. It's a whole, I mean, it's all, it's like, all of it is just like meaningless bravado. That's yeah. how it feels like the whole of the UK nightlife is now just kind of like turning into a meaningless bravado, basically. But I, I will so. say one thing that, and we can, if we have to close on this, we can. One thing that I do find very I've funny. Got, I've got like I, one more beat to hit, but yeah. Yeah, that, that I would say is something I noticed as a foreigner here is that mm. it does strike me that it is way, way easier to get your ass kicked here than in America. Yeah. In the sense that mm. in America, there's the threat of guns. There's in a casual the threat of way, the, though. More casual insane way. Insane cops. But it'll happen so quick out of nowhere here. And yeah, also yeah, in yeah. situations you don't expect. I, uh, I, after one of Milo's shows, I don't think I'd had anything to drink. I think I literally They're a bit just rough, my shows, you know. They, like, yeah, they, attract, was, a, was, they attract a renegade crowd. I was walking back in Finsbury, trying to go get the, get to the bus to then get to the overground to get home. And um, I was walking on the street and there's two girls walking the opposite direction. And one of them just jumped at me. He was screaming like she was trying to fight me. And I was just like, this does not happen in America. I've like, never had a drunk chick try to fight me in the street. I've got beaten up anywhere. by girls before as well. There was one point. <laughs> there was one point. There was two girls How in Suffolk. <laughs> there's there's two girls in Suffolk. You. There was some, there was some, uh, they were, they were basically like these two girls, my friends had said something, whole, my two other friends that were also girls had said something like dumb to them and they take the piss out of him. And then, so these girls got really pissed off. There was like three of them. They started like chucking them in bushes. Anyway, these, my, my mates fucked off and they, they, they just surrounded me and my mate and they were just like, they were like exchanging rings. They were like, oh, let me put on some rings. I remember specifically them saying, let me borrow your ring. And then they would just punch us after they put it on the ring. And then me <laughs> and my mate, it's like, I'm a, I'm a, like a, whatever. I was only like 17, 16. I was quite young, maybe even 15. I was very young at the time. I was in Suffolk. So I must've been a teenager. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I just, what the fuck can you do when girls are like punching in the face? There's literally nothing you can do, but it's like- Girls are punching in the face. You're fully erect. <laughs> you know. I feel like with, with England as well, like girls are a lot more, I don't know what, I've never really seen it in the, U, in the US, obviously, because mm. I've not lived there, but- in the UK, I feel like girls are a lot more willing just to be rowdy and start fights and, yeah, and join in 100%. with the male, oh, yeah. join in with the male like fucking beef. Like I don't. I don't My I don't, sister used to play for Leighton Orient ladies, and uh, like all the girls, all the girls on her like football team were like kind of butch, as you might expect. I mean, no stereotypes here, but like you know. My sister is herself a female football player, and like you know, that's how it's how it be. Yeah. Um, and like one of the one of the girls on her football team, like they were on a night out, and some girl like looked at her the wrong way, and she threw her through the window of a wimpy bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> for a wimpy like, bar, that's some fucking deep Britain shit. Yeah, like, I've is, never seen that. That like, sounds living, like the most Britain thing of all time, getting thrown through a wimpy yeah, bar. Living in Moscow, I think like people assume that it's like super like scary or whatever, and it's like. No one gets into fights in Moscow yeah. because no one it's knows who has a G wagon yeah, full yeah. of Chechens around the corner. Like <laughs> guys will, guys will like front it out with you, but like they're never gonna swing at you because they just don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, whereas in Britain, everyone knows no one's got any fucking. But that's boys. It, that that's like, weirdly actually kind of the basis of why probably 
of our whole nightlife structure where we know no one's got a gun. We know no one's really that hard. It's soft play for adults. It, it is though. No, we know no one's really got a gang. Like obviously, you know, sometimes you might bump into the odd dude and you're unlucky and you get fucked over. But really, nine times out of ten, you can just start a fight with some random cunt. You can just get beaten up, or he gets beaten up, or you, your girlfriend can just like spill a drink or yeah, whoever yeah. the fuck it is, and it's going to be calm. You're all going to go home. The police aren't even going to get involved. You're going to go to bed and spill kebab on yourself. Yeah, it's very like it's very <laughs> British, I think, to have two guys whose like girlfriends are slapping the shit out of yeah. each other, and then like they both shake hands at the yeah, end. Yeah, like, like we like we've refereed this, <laughs> like whatever. Like girls no, will be girls, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember like at. Uh, fucking Cambridge like it was it was like looking back on it now it was also fucking stupid but I remember that uh, because people from the Midlands used to come to Cambridge for a big night out on a Friday and Saturday there was a big there was the biggest weather spoons in Europe is in Cambridge which is bizarre um, and if the student the students would always go out on weeknights or on a Sunday night and if you went to spoons on a Friday or a Saturday night that was called danger spoons because it was full of the guys from the picture like it was just like um, and I remember guys used to go there and get beaten up or whatever and it was a whole thing and it, was, it was mostly it was like incredibly tame but it was this whole thing like oh yeah danger spoons whatever I remember I had a mate who's like he's very mouthy but in like a very like He's mouthy and a like he's extremely good at working out what people's insecurities are and getting himself in trouble by like winding people up. Like he'll find the biggest bloke in the room, work out what it is that his like is his deep seated fucking Freudian thing, and then start being like, Yeah, how do you feel about your mum? And then this guy, <laughs> But his best mate at college was this guy who used to box for Canada. Oh, but who right. was like he was like a middleweight he's like this wiry like 5'8 guy yeah, who no yeah. one used to look at twice so he used to like start the fight by like winding up the huge cunt and then he'd be like okay Cliff <laughs> and then, like this guy who's now like a leftist academic would have to just knock everyone out fair play um, yeah but that's the sort of shit you can get away with in Britain that is the sort of shit I mean that's, I think that's probably why that's probably one of the only good things I like about actually our nightlife is that you can really still get away with like a naughty shit and it'd be fine. Mm. Like I, I, I mean, the the thing that obviously the about the the police in nightclubs, like it's it's a scary yeah, thing. In the discourse currently, yeah, yeah, it's a scary thing about it. But it's like it's it's so incredible. I think it's it's incredibly scary, not just for women because of the, obviously the reaction. I mean, obviously the, f- the multiple stories of policemen abusing their powers and even their training to fucking attack and assault women mm. of of late, let alone like historically. Yeah. But like, uh, it's just the idea of like having a safe space that everyone can enjoy, whether you are fucking meathead meme dude or like fucking someone like us who just goes there to do like load of drugs and hug strangers like mm. it doesn't matter who you are like you you need that safe space and i feel you're like if you're, undercover cop by mistake yeah, that's what i'm saying if, if you're starting to and it's yeah. a lot of there's been a lot of tweets that we've been firing off that i've read that have been discussing about how actually it makes people feel incredibly like anxious and also distrustful of your fellow man but imagine yeah. going into a nightclub also and distrusting like- every single fucking dude not just that wears super dry yeah. but that every single fucking dude that just looks v- a vaguely like cop or even like mm. there was some funny guy jeans and shoe yeah any some guy any, there was any any guy who basically looks vaguely copish or acts vaguely copish you're going to distrust that that's no way to be in a club when I you're pulled up in a club and he's like you yourself the gentleman there you're talking to the lady over there uh, in relation to yourself that's so I'm saying and you're instantly like shit and then you can't you can't do anything you can't express it I mean mm. expressing yourself is obviously a bit like fucking like whatever a bit 
too much when I'm like, but when you actually think about it, like the nightclub is a place where you really can go to lose yourself, whether it be for good or worse. And it's like, I think the idea of taking that, even that freedom away by having mm. some fucking random cunt in bootcut jeans, being able to stare you down and arrest you. There was some story on Twitter of some guy having a pint, multiple pints with a police officer. And then he offered him a bump of a fucking bit of Coke and he arrested him there. And then on the spot, he got like uh, 10 months in prison or something. And it's like, that's the kind of, it's scary though. Oh, That's yeah, such a fuck, scary. Because that becomes possession with intent to yeah. supply. So yeah, yeah. yeah like if fuck. you're in, even if you're in the club, you're and, and that's the thing that that kind of safe that kind of safe space gets eviscerated and all that's going to do is lead people to go to illegal parties. Yeah. All that's going to do is lead people to go to worse, more yeah. criminally like uh, more like, more criminally like um, basically places that have more fucking crime, more fucking uh, uh, more well. More, more unsafe spaces for everyone, including yeah. women. So all you're going to do so, is just so push it, everyone away. Like it, it fails on its own logic because yeah. the idea that the reason why women experience like sexual harassment or assault in nightclubs is because there's no those spaces don't have security. I know. It's I mean, like if anything, clubs have loads of security too much and security. like and like generally speaking, like if you reported something to like that to those security, they'd do something about it. It yeah. might be the wrong thing. No, but they. But they like, don't, I mean, bouncers go no hard. worse than the fucking police. Yeah, they like, go hard. I mean, the, the bouncers obviously, you know, they can be cunts but a lot of the they're time more likely to err on the side of kicking someone out than exactly. not exactly yeah. the I mean the first thing they'll fucking do is be like right that guy's a prick let's beat the shit out of him obviously that's the kind of thing that police yeah. do which any- is a problem in and of itself well, but like a different kind of problem but it's, it, I mean they're already doing it they're already having yeah. big hench guys patrolling and beating the shit out of people for doing something wrong you don't need another fucking guy being a secret stealthy guy who's willing to arrest you on top of that it's yeah. like at least the bouncers are wearing armbands yeah. you know where they are I mean the no uh, guy with a neck that wide can go <laughs> undercover but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a scary thing because it- And Sherman don't make that sign. Yeah. Or like super dry. I mean, all that shit is just obviously a piss take and it's kind of like a joke. It's become a meme or whatever, but it's, yeah. it's a scary idea that we can, we can't even have a place just to enjoy ourselves and actually let mm. us uh, our hair down. And it's a Trojan horse for something else. It's because yeah. they want, they're itching to be able to police those spaces exactly. and it's not because they care about the safety of women at all. Exactly. Um, 100%. Yeah. And I think they're going to rely on the, the sort of like- unwitting assent of a lot of people who think they care about the safety of women who are i think like there's a real sense of like there's nothing you can do about women's safety and i think in a lot of cases people are right about that unfortunately and so they grasp at things that won't help and will actually make other things worse but just to feel sound, like they are doing something. sound good like yeah. they sound authoritarian that sound like you know there's more people there that's going to be but i mean some of the stories that have, that have been coming out recently just just recently of, of police abusing their powers have been horrific so it's like why the fuck would I trust these cons to make us any more I mean, safe? I saw there was a video that I was seeing shared. I think it was Channel Four News was sharing it of um, like CCTV footage of a cop basically just attacking a woman. It wasn't the the, the guy who allegedly murdered uh, Sarah Everett. It was it was just another situation of a cop just yeah prowling basically and seeing a woman walking home on her own and just like assaulting her. And it's like yeah, get one of those fucking guys in every single club. I'm sure that's, that's going to improve things. And those yeah. are the guys that are obviously going to be volunteering for it and all this kind of shit. I mean, there's so many things fundamentally wrong with it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Well, to finish this on a lighter <laughs> note, because this is something I've talked about with Nate a lot and I think is worth addressing. There is a sort of, um, there is a kind of benign charm to a certain aspect of the British Night Out, which I think we haven't covered yet, which is, and I think this is more of a London thing. Um uh, which is the kind of the the late night, everyone's on the way home, collective moment of like kind of coming together banter, be it the sing-along, 
be it that someone has fallen over on the central line and everyone's saying way yeah. be it like whatever like i can remember like being on the top deck of night buses in london and everyone seemingly organically begins doing the colo yaga toure thing <laughs> like this kind of shit that i've never seen in another yeah, country london, like, night, london night buses are like they're they're a whole world in themselves I and think. it's like it fucking ticks on at 1101 p.m because i've been on a yeah, bus yeah, back yeah, to peckham yeah. with my wife and it was completely quiet at 1059 and 1101 Folks get on with the like government a mandated yeah. lads yeah. get people, on. People, yeah, people get on with like a boombox <laughs> and a fucking bottle of champagne and just just go. And I'm just like, this just doesn't happen in anywhere in America that I've yeah. ever been. Like, it's <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it's it's a thing. Well, it, it's also like a, I guess it's kind of like a, it's not like a shared misery, but it is vaguely a shared misery where it's like mm. we're all basically celebrating the fact that we have to go home. We're all celebrating mm. the fact that we can't carry on this thing in a pub. We're all celebrating the fact that really. We don't want to be on the top deck of a bus. I think that's why the the London the London night bus is such a like fucking weird place because yeah. most of the places are closing uh, and they're kicking you out way before you want to go out, like way before you want to leave that place. Like if it was mm. in Berlin, for example, they'd be there. You know, they would, these people would be there till four days. That's time, what I'm yeah. saying. You'd just be fucking sitting there for days. So like, I think a lot of the stuff is more like all that kind of celebratory kind of like camaraderie is more just like everyone being like, you know what? We're all in this position where we don't want to fucking be on this bus going home. We just want to be still in a fucking pub. So let's- The actual blitz spirit. Yeah, exactly. So like, let's make a fucking laugh out of it. Let's actually yeah. have a fucking fun time. Because I've, it's only through like uh, Nate living in the UK where I've realized how alien this is to foreigners. Because I remember Nate telling me the story about him being on a bus or was it the tube with Cynthia and then they all started singing Sweet Caroline. We, got on guys on on the, we were on the Northern Line and we were getting on. I think uh, I can't remember if it was like it was basically we were taking the tube as far as we could into South London and then taking the bus home. And uh, yeah, we got in what seemed like the least packed full uh, carriage. And then basically as soon as the doors closed, this crowd of people <laughs> yeah. started singing Sweet Caroline. I and it, I, I have to like I, I it's a funny detail to mention this because my wife's black and we basically were like, well, it's very unlikely that if we get in a car with the most amount of black people that people are going to start fucking singing goddamn Sweet Caroline. And we get in this and it's like this small group in the corner of like white college students looking age kids all start saying, we're like, motherfucker. It's just, it's just a thing that doesn't have like, if yeah. you tried that, how, how to phrase this? I mean, I don't have a ton of experience of like the day-to-day life in either American city besides New York because it's the one I lived in the longest. But if you tried that, unless you were really, really good at singing, people yeah. would just be like, hey, yo, shut the fuck up. And like, you probably <laughs> <Yeah>. would. <laughs> Whereas yeah. in you know? Britain, there's like, there's a sort of background level yeah. of resistance to it because British people are awkward, but they start going like, sweet yeah. Caroline. And everyone's like, for fuck's sake. But da, then, da, but then yeah. everyone's like, fuck, because they have to because they're obliged yeah, you to. You have by to. the crown yeah you have to yeah it's, a lo- it's the law and then the other ones are somehow even more infectious I mean this is even harder to explain to Americans but Colo and Yaya Toure yeah. is like a whole Colo 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 Toure Toure Nate, you ever experienced that one? <laughs> I've never experienced that, but I recognize the song because it's No Limit. I know yeah, that song. Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. 90s no, like Eurodance song. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the best tunes ever. Also, it's, it's yeah. funny because I'm an Arsenal fan, but even though that was specifically really a Man City fan song, because yeah. obviously Colo uh, got sold to Man City and obviously they had the Colo brothers there for a short time. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, I was really tour- pissed about tour- being called the Colo yeah, brothers. Sorry, the Torrey brothers, not the Colo yeah. brothers. But yeah, they, um, that was like... Uh, it's just 
one of the best crowd chants of all time. Two brothers with just phenomenal phonemes as names. <laughs> yeah. Like they've absolutely smashed it on the chant One of the best basis. football chants of all time. I just can imagine being like a City fan and getting let, letting that loose. It would just feel like electric, basically. Some of the yeah. Arsenal fan chants you get, they're good. The best one we had was um, Olivier Giroud uh, mm. uh, singing Hey Jude, but na 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 like that one went off but apart from that there's not really been that much of a uh, any good ones there is a weird like hive mind wisdom to football chants which i think yeah. really cuts through like i can remember there was some guy who was a i think a goalkeeper who had like schizophrenia or personality disorder or something and the crowd used to chant there's only two <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean um, that's another thing. That's another yeah. part of British culture. I mean, we could go in deep into that, but yeah. the, the idea that everyone knows certain songs and is willing to just join in. Like yeah. it's, a, it's I think if we were like on the brink of like, you know, war with an alien species, the UK soldiers, all of us conscripted in this weird like alien war. We'd all yeah. just be singing Colo, Colo, Colo before we go over. I would the, freak the aliens over out. The top. They'd fuck off. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, these guys are fucking serious. We would, they would be singing football chants as we go over the top to fight whoever, yeah. whatever alien forces. We've been at Reading Festival in 2010. I'm 17 yeah. and getting involved in some group of like 50 guys who are. And I remember there was riot police deployed there because there'd been a riot the previous oh, year. Yeah. And the riot police joining in with this, which again, <laughs> you cannot imagine American yeah, police that's doing. That's true. Like, <laughs> no. You know, A cab and everything. But British police definitely have more of a sense of humour than American police do. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be fair to say. And they're joining in with we're all running around singing ten German bombers <laughs> to the tune of fucking ten green bottles. I don't know. Does you even do ten green bottles yeah, in America? Do you guys do ten green bottles? Uh, I don't. I don't. It might be. A, they might be different lyrics in the US. I don't recognise ten green bottles off the top of my head. Uh, it, it's I can't even remember the fucking tune now. Like ten green bottles. It's like ten green ten bottles green on a bottles wall. sitting on the wall. Ten green bottles sitting on a wall. If those bottles should surely fall somewhere, there'll be nine green bottles, and it like counts down. But they do it with ten German bombers. It's like ten German bottles, ten German bombers flying in the air, whatever. And it's like, oh, there they are. AF from England shot them down. <laughs> just like, and it's like this is about shit that happened like seventy years yeah. ago. Like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like this weird like folk at memory as well at Reading. Yeah, just places. utterly, utterly That's bizarre. Fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't have that. I mean, I, I, yeah. The, and certainly, if you were singing an equivalent thing like nine. Nine bottles of beer on the wall, or when the cops would just beat your ass. Like they're not gonna yeah. fucking sing along. Shut it down, boys. That I, that's wish, Amer- I wish Americans away. had Crack experience. Skulls. More Americans yeah. got abroad, got outside the country, and saw that, like, even in countries where the people fucking hate the cops, the cops aren't as bad as they are in America. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, and yeah. I'm sure that there's like a valid discussion to be had there about like, what if a what if a bunch of like black kids of the same age were engaging in something like equally harmless, and they were around cops? I'm sure the response might have been different. But yeah, like, for sure. I mean, certainly, like, I think so, that, certainly in South. London where every time I see a traffic stop there's like 15 cops or some shit like yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean um, but yeah but, I mean there is I think I, I do feel lucky even as bad as things are in the UK to have grown up somewhere where you don't just live under that fear of just like yeah being like being brutalized by which I think like obviously for uh, black people in America it's so much worse than it is for white people but just even for white people I think the stakes are quite yeah, high any engagement speaking, you have the cops kill more white people because they just kill so many people and more people in America there's more are white. white people there's more yeah. white people doing stupid I mean, the shit first time, like, the first yeah. time I ever got har- harassed by the cops for some bullshit I wasn't even doing anything wrong they just were power tripping I was probably 13 and I probably looked about 10 so like mm. I posed no fucking threat and yeah yeah just that's that's how it starts 
and I grew up in a and when I lived in Indiana, dude, I grew up in a boring suburb, so there was no threat to speak of. But yeah. that's how the cops are there. And so, yeah, it's just I don't know. I feel like the, the culture of the night out here is also shaped so much by what you can get away with and just sort of the general. And it does strike me like if we were going to close it off, the point I would leave is that it feels like Britain is getting more authoritarian. And there are a lot of things that really would shock Americans as far as like what they can and can't do, like the government mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing. But also there is such a culture of sort of like fuck off and leave me alone and mind your own business. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that leads and to people a lot hate of these the things. cops. Like there's no, there's very few people, I think, even among like Tories who like really like the cops. There's yeah, a real yeah, like yeah. ingrained culture of British people don't like the cops. Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's still, it's still, there's still like a vaguely libertarian attitude in the UK. Obviously we are very, very fucking bootlicky in terms of the, the monarchy. Classes. Yeah, the monarchy yeah. and everyone that's rich. We all just think they're the best fucking things since sliced bread or whatever. But there still is a massive distrust of police and stuff. Like I think especially now with all this corona stuff, you can really see when you look at some of the replies to certain like fucking mainstream news tweets, there's a whole fucking subsection of like Tories, basically like hard fucking Tories who are like angry at the fact that their liberties have been trampled on by the police or the government and the police and all this stuff. So it's it's there's a definitely like a, mm. a double war being waged from the left and the right against the police, which I think they're they're very cautious of. And I think yeah. obviously the the police crime bill is one of those ones where I think they obviously delayed it because I think they 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 did sense that there could have been real like civil unrest from that. But I mean, yeah, mm. it's probably not the same with like nights out. But I think I think the police in the UK do seem to know when to basically take it or leave it. Uh, in terms of like disrupting a night out. And I feel that's why most nights out, because they know that no one's going to fucking carry a gun and nothing's going to really kick off on a massive scale that could disrupt, you know, a city centre or a town centre on any major level. So Mm -hmm. really all they've got to worry about is a fight breaking out. And then that can be like fucking stamped on, you know, quicker than how many fucking dudes you can send there. So I feel like in the, in the UK, saying things like leave it out, mate. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like with nightlife in the UK, it's all just really a matter of like, Again, it's all just kind of like a matter of like bravado and and how pissed you are, really. And mm. both of those things usually equate to not very much after a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, well, I don't know if you want to call a, it, but this is officially the longest Britonology we've ever done. Wow. But I think it's been a a worthwhile deep dive. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun, man. Thanks for sp- making time for this because, like, this your your perspective on this is. I, I know a lot of Americans, our listeners, are going to fucking love this shit because, like, <laughs> I the know story a lot of them are going to be like, "What the fuck was he saying? Yeah, yeah, what what he the say? fuck's this guy saying?" <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where you were telling that story about being in Las Vegas, and you were like, "It's trying to buy pingers off his fucking geezer," and I'm like, "Leave it out, son." <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, there's gonna." be American listeners who are like that guy what what language Pingers means pills means ecstasy by the yeah. way Pingers means ecstasy um I don't know what other butters is uh ugly, ugly. uh short remember. for but- butter face I can't remember any of the other ones I um, used that was it yeah yeah hey, look yeah but you, we'll, we'll see you in the comments it's, uh, it's, all, it's all good it's all good stuff though but uh uh the, a year of basically not being able to do anything I um I definitely would love to uh uh, I I might not be might not be game for after party and the Big next TF day, but we'd definitely out. love to fucking go out. So, Tom, yeah. if you want to, if, yeah, you, if, you, if, if you're if you're up for it, man, hell yeah. I'm up for it. Let's do some let's yeah. do some gear. Yeah, well, we'll probably oh, be moving to Hackney hopefully later in this year. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, well, I'm in Turnpike Lane basically, but 
Yeah, if any of you lot listening want to go out with me, just shout me on my Twitter handle. Oh, don't invite that, Tom. Don't don't <laughs> let them. No, do, do, not, do not let the hogs <laughs> take an inch because they will take a mile. We can do loads of gear, loads yeah. of pingers together. All the all the slang words you don't understand, we can do them together. <laughs> yeah. If any Americans want to visit Britain like... and experience the the free chaos of a British night out with no, well, like the absolute worst thing that can happen yeah. is that you spend a night in the cells, and then we'll have a night, and in the morning we'll get a fry up together. Oh, and yeah. it would be romantic. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can, mm. you can d- d- discover for yourself that a hangover can actually be good. Be enjoyable. And it can. Anyway, <laughs> that's for another yeah. And episode. Tom will teach you all about Olivier Giroud. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, oh, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm actually doing the splits for Vice next week. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. It's the end of this month, probably. So... I don't know what we, we can absolutely 19th. link to it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look for I'll, I'll look for it on the timeline and we can plug it. Well, I think I think my video should be coming out pretty soon in terms of me learning mm-hmm. how to do the splits. Um, okay, so that's basically the big like media project I'm doing at the moment. I've I've have honestly not been asked about it at all. I've, I've really kind of not been trying my hardest with it, but at the same time, I'm going to be doing it. So that's what I'm doing, uh, and that'll be out pretty soon on Vice. So if you want it. Me see me try and do the splits. A guy with a massive ass and uh, big thighs. Um, trying what to is Tomasha doing with all that cake? <laughs> That's the question <laughs> on everyone's list. True, that is what everyone's been asking me. Um, um, and I'm doing it in leggings as well, so you can really see my ass in 4D. Oh, nice. Um, Again, don't encourage horniness in the <laughs> listeners. That's something which I have so, yeah. to say. We slowed down to on that on TF. I've got nothing else to plug because I I don't really do anything else. Follow him. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. That's it. Yeah, okay, get involved in Friday Cheers. That's it. I'm going to start doing that again because loads of other people are starting to nick my Friday Cheers, which is being annoying. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who objectively, Tom, are a lot less cool and interesting <laughs> than you who are trying to piggyback <laughs> on... Yeah, it's sad, but you know what? Because you to do it with it. a sort of avuncular charm which they couldn't carry off. Yeah, I feel view. like... I, feel, I, I don't mind it though because I, I tried to cancel it and just say, look, this is it. It was just one year, but then obviously lockdown's just carrying on and yeah. so... Either way, I I just had to leave it. But the same retirement for one last job. I have to though. I have to come out of retirement and teach these Mm. punk kids how how to do Friday (laughs) cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you catch catch Tom on the TL for Friday cheers, um, and we will see you all next month. Yep. Have a good one. Catch you later.